These are the same people not so long ago that were telling us to stay six feet apart, and now they're spitting on their foreheads. What the hell? Welcome back, beautiful and amazing human beings. My name's Zerkadowski here of the best politicalshow.com as of course we have and really incredible special two hours for you guys as we are going to be going live for the next two hours here on the best politicalshow.com discussing some crazy wild and incredible news coming in right now especially when it comes to the 2024 presidential election there's a lot of news coming from Davos there's a lot of news surrounding Joe Biden Vivek Ramaswamy and of course Javi that went to the World Economic, World Economic Forum to call out the World Economic Forum. We're going to be talking about that, plus a lot more, as well as Sean Strickland's really spicy comments, as, of course, the situation is getting more tumultuous domestically than ever. You could participate in this conversation by signing up to LukeUnfiltered.com, and as a member, you get the ability to call in to the show and ask us whatever question you want, unscripted, unfiltered, all on the best politicalshow.com. LukeUnfiltered.com is the way to, of course, get into the Telegram channel. We, of course, are going to be paying attention to that. Another way to participate in the conversation is by going to mysuperchats.com. And on that website, we, of course, will be prioritizing any and all super chats. YouTube usually takes a 30% cut. Mysuperchats.com only takes a 3% cut. Rumble Rants will, of course, be read too. And this conversation is going to be going on for the next two hours, so make sure to share it all your friends and family members and joining us for this conversation is Arden Young. Arden, for the people who don't know you, who are you and how would you introduce yourself? Hi, I'm Arden. Um, I'm an investigative journalist with Sound Investigations and we most recently went undercover to investigate Pornhub. I, re I recorded like a dozen Pornhub employees talking about illegal practices and things like that. Yeah, lots of really crazy, sinister things that probably we're going to have to save for Rumble, as, of course, the, the, the context here are definitely uh, spicy, to, to say the least. Clint's in the house as well. Clint, how are you? You survived Iowa somehow. Um, as soon as me and Clint landed in, in Miami, we were like, this was, that was a dumb trip. I don't know why we made this trip. It was dumb. It made no sense at all. And I, I agreed with Clint 100%. Yeah, I literally turned to him. I was like... We should never leave here, dude. Like, what were we thinking? We went from negative 15 degrees to 75 and perfectly sunny. Uh, yeah, Clint Russell, host of Liberty Lockdown, co-host of The Best Political Show. And uh, just to clarify one thing, is mysuperchat.com, singular. There, it's, My Super Chats is a website that won't get you to us, so I just double-checked it again. Mysuperchat.com, cheapest way to message us to be involved in the show. Uh, also co-host of Tower Gang, and I will have on Owen Benjamin later tonight. That's at 9.15, so check that out. We got Steph in the building. And uh, Steph, uh, your your buttons aren't working. Uh, I, I remember, you know, you had you had a button-pushing job, and uh, now I have, to, I, I have to push all the buttons now? No comment. I'm pushing the buttons, but uh, nothing's happening. So, yeah, you, know. you know, this is why we test stuff beforehand, Steph. This, uh, uh, I, this I is have why to press we have all the good equipment. Yeah, we have we have great equipment, but uh, we were supposed to test them beforehand, so I don't have to do all the physical button let's switching. Figure, I mean, I'm going to unplug uh, yeah, this. I'm yeah. try um, let's try to figure this Everybody, out, Steph. Everybody, make sure to get on that telegram. I want to see your faces. I want to hear from you. At the last half hour, we, we, we're, it, we're opening it up to phone calls. It's so nice to be able to integrate and just meet the community and hear your questions. Oh. So, uh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, look at that. They, 
they, they work they did here. It. See, this is, this, this is why we're, we're professionals. And we uh, do professional things. button pusher, Steph. We are change on Insta, Steph WRC on Twitter. Let's go. I was, I was just going to say that uh, if I'm doing all the button pushing, which I have to do in Iowa. I'm which doing a, it. I'm doing which, it. Which, which is a lot of work. You are going to have to take over and do all I'm the talking here. I'm so excited, here. you guys. I've been missing out. When you were in Iowa, I was so sad. Thank you. I'm glad you missed us. Yeah. yeah. Well, we had a lot of very interesting conversations in Iowa, specifically with Mike Cernovich. Uh, that conversation that. down the rabbit hole was uh, was pretty deep. Uh, and uh, we definitely, um, the, the full context, the, the deep down the rabbit hole stuff is on Rumble. That's where, of course, we are going to be going in an hour into this broadcast. As, of course, YouTube, you know, they allow some of the superficial stuff to be said, but not really a lot of the bigger stuff that uh, really hits the nail on the head. But we'll get there as of course, this this place, YouTube, perfect for the Kyles and Karens, perfect for the Normies, perfect for the NPCs in order to kind of draw them in, get you nice and comfortable, and then BAM! We got you over in Rumble, and your life is never going to be the same. As, of course, we have some very weird rituals going down in Davos, as the clip that we played in the beginning of this broadcast highlighted some kind of... Uh, I think Native American ceremony. Lots of people have different interpretations of this. Some people are saying that this is the cult. Some people are saying that this is them trying to be pagans. Some of them are saying that this is a satanic ritual. Um, I don't know what it is. I haven't heard of this particular tribe before. I don't know what they're doing. But let's be honest here. The World Economic Forum does a lot of weird stuff as there's a lot of reports of a lot of uh, women of the night and a lot of substances being taken at these elitist confobs where, of course, the working lady are working overtime with some really awful, crazy, sinister individuals that uh, clearly um, don't know when enough is enough. This is the video clip from uh, last year's Davos, which was also just as bewildering as the one that we played for you in the beginning of this broadcast. For the people watching, she's she's playing like a a fake air boob guitar that doesn't exist and isn't there. But yeah, there's that. Uh, Clint really liked it, right? You really enjoyed it. Now, are, are they casting spells or, or are they just artistically expressing themselves? What do you guys think? Uh, look, honestly, I think that that and then the, I don't know, blowing powder or whatever into their foreheads is the least offensive things that these people do in that entire event. So I'm not going to be too critical of it. And I honestly, I thought that song kind of slapped. Oh my gosh. Well, it seems like some people in the chat are saying they couldn't hear it and they're happy that they couldn't. Oh, okay. Well, then I'm, I'm glad. Yeah, the, the audio was playing on your PC instead of through our headphones, so it's not... A uh, well, little update there. I couldn't see it. I could only hear it. I thought she had kind of a nice voice. Thank you. To be honest. Yes. Maybe she was doing something super weird that would kind of cancel oh. it. We, well, I mean, she was playing air guitar with her chest, so she's, she's an odd, odd bird, but, uh, you know, look... Like I'm just I'm just really happy that Javier Malay demonstrated himself to be the real deal. A lot of people were questioning his legitimacy. Uh, you know, he's a self-described anarcho-capitalist, and he had already spoken at the World Economic Forum. I actually looked into that. That happened in 2014, and uh, in that 
uh, event. He talked a lot about how schooling was failing kids, and ultimately it was because uh, the teachers were uh, indoctrinating them with things that were really unhealthy. So I already was aware that the, these allegations of him being WEF tied or WEF tied, as people always say, were pretty unfounded. But for him to do it after his election and go there and just hammer them like he did, absolutely fantastic. We'll play the video for you a little bit. Well, well Donald Trump also showed up to uh, Davos as well. I think I might have fixed the audio. Yes, I did. Uh, I don't know if our wonderful audience wants to hear that, that uh, amazing <laughs> sermon once again. I could play it for them, but I don't, I don't think they I think do. it's growing on you. Uh, but uh, you like this could be, like I think it. this should be the jam right now because we have a 20-minute uh, wait screen before our show no. goes on with Javier Milley with the, the chainsaw. Saw and Ron Paul would be like, it's happening. So I, I think right now, if my team's watching, let's make the 20-minute no. wait screen this video right here of this wonderful lady and her magical fake air right boob guitar that she's playing on. She's literally like looking like she's playing the bazongas there. She's having a time of her life. And, uh, you know, hey, why hate? And I kind of do agree with Clint. Uh, this is th this is yeah. It's not bad. <laughs> this is going to be our twenty-minute intro clip from from now on, as of course the World Economic Forum meeting Davos is happening right now. They're discussing a lot of really interesting things. They're discussing disease X. They're discussing disinformation. They're discussing also allegedly panic over the future Trump presidency, as according to the Daily Mail, world business leaders say a second term will have serious issues and are, quote, scrambling to put plans in place. I, th I think it's fair to say that Trump uh, definitely doesn't have a lot of people in the establishment that like him. Some people do like him in the establishment. But what do you guys make of this news of allegedly Davos being scared that Trump is going to win the presidency once again? Since, of course, he, he did also show up to, to the World Economic Forum before. Some people criticize him like they're criticizing Malay. But his speech was, was kind of similar to what Malay kind of said during his appearance at the World Economic Forum where he did talk about the larger kind of populistic, nationalistic policies that usually the World Economic Forum is uh, staunchly against, usually. So what do yeah. you make of this article from the Daily Mail? Is it is it accurate? Is it not accurate from your perspectives? Well, I don't think, honestly, I don't think that it's accurate in the sense that I don't think that Donald Trump will dismantle the entire you know liberal world order or whatever they're trying to defend. Um, but for whatever reason, they believe, I, I think that it's sincere that they actually believe that he's that much of a danger to them, um, which is what gives a lot of people in my, in our camp hope. I think that it's kind of misguided, though, because I just think that they're wrong, that he's that much of an existential threat to them. I'm curious, do you have any opinion as to, to you know Trump as being a, a real oppositional force against kind of like the World Economic Forum folks? Well, first, my question is why... Do they invite him? Well, there. they invite him. I, in my opinion, they invite any uh, world leader of a serious sized country because they want to have them get on board with their game plan. So I don't think they bring him there so that he can like, you know, shoot down all their ideas. I think that they bring him there because they're trying to indoctrinate him into their worldview. Yeah, uh, Javier Milley was also previously at another World Economic Forum meeting, and everyone was kind of criticizing him, saying, "He's, you see, he's totally bought off. He's totally, he's totally controlled by them." Uh, I, I, again, when you publicly go to a meeting and you tell everyone you're going to the meeting, uh, that's not how conspiracies work. As, <laughs> as we know, there's conspiracies within conspiracies within conspiracies, and uh, uh, trust me, the Davos group is more like a PR group. It's more like a testing ground 
down for a lot of the ideas that they're kind of planning, that they kind of get together. But when we look at so many powerful people, especially from the World Health Organization, especially from Pfizer, especially from the intelligence community and the State Department coalescing with a lot of the world leaders in the Swiss Alps, there's a lot of public stuff they do. And I think they're kind of testing stuff. But there's also a lot of private behind the scenes backdoor deals that are being met there of some of the most powerful people in the world who then kind of uh, start these kind of relationships that are beneficial to each other. This is where uh, that uh, weird chubby Pfizer dude, uh, what's his name? Boule? Uh, I uh, forgot. Al his Albert Borla. Yeah, Albert Borla there kind of goes there and he's like, yeah, uh, I'll help you. You help me. Uh, but of course, they don't talk about it publicly. They do kind of release a lot of kind of radical ideas and kind of kind of test them. But but my question for, for you, Arded, because you're not really in, into the kind of political pulse as, as we are, but from an outsider looking in, um, some people are saying we got to support Trump because he's the anti-establishment guy. Other people are saying we shouldn't support Trump because this is going to lead to a larger conflict. What do you think is the, the kind of consensus here from your uh, kind of pulse, your kind of understanding of the situation? How, how are people responding to and reacting to Trump who are not in the political cycle? Are they, are, they, are they getting people excited for him? Or are they getting people who are saying, I'm sick of politics, let's please stop fighting, um, let's avoid this bigger problem ahead of us? Well, from my perspective, I think the more that he's unfairly persecuted, um, the more people are going to support him who are more moderate, kind of like myself. Um, Makes it more of a sympathetic figure. Exactly. Yeah. So I think that the forces that are working against him are kind of being counterproductive to themselves in a way. Yeah. Um, that's the way I see it. No, I, I actually agree with that. And uh, just to circle back to your prior question about, you know, why, why did they invite these people? Well, it's the president of the United States. Like, even if they despise this guy, like, they have to have him in that circle just simply because it gives more credibility to them that yeah. they, they invite the leaders of basically every nation. They invite all of the CEOs to most of the multinational corporations all over the world. They're trying uh, like the, I think that the, the misunderstanding that a lot of people have is that people think that these people think that they're evil. No, they think that they're the good guys. Yeah. Like when they talk about like, uh, you know, fomenting and implementing a tech technocratic uh, establishment that's going to, uh, you know, abolish poverty and all this stuff like I think they genuinely believe it. The problem is that they view everything from a collectivist lens and they're ultimately very counter to individual liberty and decision-making. So that's why I oppose yeah, them. Yeah, to be fair, if the World Economic Forum invited me, I would go. You kidding me? Yeah, I think totally I think go. Luke and I would probably go too, yeah. but we would not be very kind to them. I would end up in jail again yeah. <laughs> in Switzerland. I've been arrested in Switzerland for questioning the elites before at, at the Bilderberg meeting and uh, Swiss jails? Not that bad. I was going to say, so, probably, probably pretty so nice. They were, they were pretty cordial. They, were, they weren't that bad. It's like, oh, yeah, uh, you know, hey, it's you're nice under there. arrest. Come with us. I'm like, no handcuffs? Cool. <laughs> no, I'll take it. So they didn't handcuff me. They like, detained me in like a private room. Ooh, I had to wow. keep, I got to keep my stuff. How many, how many uh, nations have you been arrested? A lot. <laughs> too many, too many nations. Uh, but, but it was, it was just like, Hey, I'm asking these guys questions and uh, we don't like that. Yeah, come to jail with us. Come walk with us. Uh, we'll lead you. And I'm like, okay. It was, it was such a weird experience because the Swiss are, are definitely strange people. And what? I was like, I don't know, maybe these guys like want to chat or something. I didn't <laughs> understand it. I don't know what was going on. And then I ended up in a locked room in a jail cell. And I'm like, 
that's the easiest way to arrest anybody. <laughs> like I just, they literally walked me in here, didn't even like like search me, what didn't you, even pat me down, and then I was there with Dan Dix and uh, a couple other journalists what, as well. What would have happened? There. What would have happened if you had just said, "No, I'm not going to walk with you." I, I, I don't know, <laughs> uh, but uh, you know, you know, I'm not doing anything illegal. But that doesn't matter nowadays. Of course, yeah. anyone and everyone's getting arrested. We got some super chats here, and one from Red Viking saying, "Na na, Lucky Luke ate seed oils in Iowa." Yes, Red Viking, I did eat seed oils in Iowa. I am not proud of it. I am confessing my sins. I had no other choice. It was not a good one. And uh, freaking hell, Iowa sucks. I, I hated <laughs> Iowa. It was miserable. It was cold. We just had gas station food, all gas station food. It's all fluoride, high fructose corn syrup, and seed oils. It was miserable. I had so much gas. I felt so horrible for anyone in that car with me. It was not good. I'm very happy to be back here in Miami in uh, my own place, in my own bed, in my own kitchen where I actually have uh, good food and sustenance that won't rob me of good microbiome in my gut. But yes, you caught me, Red Viking. I am guilty as charged. Um, we got another super chat from Sol Rosenberg saying, Trump, Bodin, Millet, all serve the synagogue of Satan. Uh, Revelation 2, 9 and 3, 9. Reverse psychological psyop. Soul. Um, I don't know if you guys have anything to say to Soul, but uh, he sounds like a black pilled individual. <laughs> so uh, if he's quoting yeah. Revelations, I, I'm not going to go there. I, I hope. I hope he's wrong. Yeah. That's all. Uh, let's listen to uh, Javier Milley. He was also at the World Economic Forum. He literally flew coach. He didn't even fly private. Uh, all these people usually like to fly, uh, fly private to these uh, confobs where they tell you that uh, you need to sacrifice more because the weather's getting worse uh, and we need to make it gooder. Um, he, he flew there private, made a speech, flew out. So uh, this is what Javier Milley had to say to the Davos group. Good afternoon. Thank you very much. Today, I'm here to tell you that the Western world is in danger. And it is in danger because those who are supposed to have to defend the values of the West are co-opted by a vision of the world that inexorably leads to socialism and thereby to poverty. Unfortunately, in recent decades, motivated by some well-meaning individuals willing to help others and others motivated by the wish to belong to a privileged caste, the main leaders of the Western world have abandoned the model of freedom for different versions of what we call collectivism. We're here to tell you that collectivist experiments are never the solution to the problems that afflict the citizens of the world. Rather, they are the root cause. Do believe me, no one better place than us, Argentines, to testify to these two points. Absolutely, as of course collectivism is the true larger evil against a free independent sovereign humanity. Someone in the comment section wrote, uh, thank goodness he didn't fly United or Delta, LOL. Yeah, uh, it's risky now flying on uh, these woke airlines that prioritize DEI over, uh, of course, you know, qualifications, which is absolutely ridiculous. But uh, I haven't listened to the full speech of Javier Milley. I have it saved. I, I, I actually uh, tweeted out the, the full video. I don't know if you, you guys got a chance to see it. I saw segments of it and uh, what he 
says he's he's arguing about the non-aggression principle. He's arguing about decentralization. He's talking about how socialists are a huge danger to society. And those are just a few clips that, that I personally saw myself. I didn't see the, the full video yet, but these, these are important uh, words that do carry a lot of significance since he's actually saying it at Davos, which yeah. is absolutely crazy. Well, that, that's what I loved about it is that he's going straight into the lion's den, telling to the face of the people that are responsible for these kind of globalist plots. And he's saying everything you're doing is actually worsening the situation for the people that you are allegedly attempting to benefit. Uh, I thought it was extraordinarily powerful. I watched the full 25 minute speech and and on top of the, the items that he touched on or that Luke touched on, he also also gave kind of a, a chronology of, of human growth and GDP growth worldwide and the alleviation of poverty and how how free market capitalism has been such a benefit to the entire world and how the basically everything that they're pushing today is going to derail that progress. And I, I thought it was incredibly powerful. That paired with our six days with Vivek uh, has me about as inspired and as fired up as I've been maybe in my lifetime. I'm really optimistic about what's happening right now, and I know that means I'm probably doomed to be uh, disappointed. But regardless, I, I, I do feel as if like there is a, a lot of, of like my, my most deeply held beliefs that are being popularized on the biggest stages right now, and it's just an, I feel like people are really overlooking how monumental this shift is. Yeah, it, it's really interesting uh, seeing this kind of make it to the forefront, even though uh, Javier Milley has horrible foreign policy <laughs> initiatives. Yes. But uh, Argentina really doesn't have an uh, influential foreign policy. Um, so it's interesting because he's kind of playing one foot in, one foot out of the establishment, but also being able to kind of get some of the larger ideas out there. Um, I don't know if you heard of uh, Javier Milley, uh, Arden, or, 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 or what the kind of larger perspective is, but as soon as I saw him with that chainsaw... I don't know if you were able to see him with that chainsaw. Uh, as soon as I, I saw him say "afuera" to all these government ministries and rip them off the board, I was like, "Man, thing, things are changing." Uh, he he won a, a very close election that was actually a, a runoff, but to do it in Argentina of all places, a kind of leftist uh, headquarters yeah. for so many socialists that have destroyed the way of life there, that have created hyperinflation, it was kind of inspiring. I don't, I don't know if that kind of uh, penetrated the, the, your radar or, or you saw anything, but um, I don't know if you have any kind of comments about uh, Javier or, or what he yeah, kind of represents to I've, you. Uh, I've seen him described as kind of the Trump of Argentina. Is that accurate or is that kind of just like... No. A, I've, heard, I've heard Argentinians actually say that themselves. I went to an Argentinian restaurant recently and I asked, how do you feel about Malay being the president now and he was like it's like the trump of argentina i think hmm. i think it's only fair in the sense that they're both very bombastic charismatic mm -hmm. loud men but in mm -hmm. terms of their ideology trump does not have a philosophical or principled grounding in the mm -hmm. way that javier malay does for those are, that are totally unfamiliar with them first off if you don't speak spanish afuera means out and he's just talking about throwing all these government agencies just out 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 and i'm like and, okay. and he's fired a lot of them he's fired yeah. 12 out of 19 major ministries within the argentinian government Amazing. he's fired all in these war, these bureaucrats and all these big uh bureaucratic beckies from from right. robbing the state and the people of their money so right. it's 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 awesome but, to but see for, sorry go ahead Clint. yeah but for those that aren't familiar with his background. He was an economics professor. This is a guy that is really deeply rooted in the the libertarian, uh, you know, philosophical set as well as Austrian economics. He's brilliant. Uh, he's also a very charismatic speaker, and I think in that regard, he's got this really over the top haircut, and he's 
very over the top uh, <laughs> rhetoric, and he talks very angrily about uh, leftists. So in that way, he's like Trump. But man, I wish Trump was, uh, you uh, know, like Javier Malay. Yeah. If he were, I would be the biggest Trump supporter on the planet. <laughs> yeah. So unfortunately, he's not though. We got another super chat here from Fountainhead Forum saying the Fountainhead Forum has thirty videos talking about Malay and more coming. I am not aware of any English speaking show with more Malay coverage. I'm definitely going to check out the Fountainhead Forum as, of course, I, I have some uh, you know friends from Latin America, and a lot of them are excited about him. A lot of Cubans here obviously have a different uh, bias since the Cubans in Miami really do not like communists, and uh, I, I think Javier. Millie is this kind of cultural uh, answer to cultural Marxism that has hijacked a way of life for a lot of individuals that is using the government to intervene in people's lives as more and more people are saying, hey, um, I'm really sick of government. I'm really sick of being told what to do, how to do it, how much money I have to fork over just to live my life. So yeah. seeing this kind of pushback uh, highlights that there probably will be a bigger pushback culturally and, and also politically here inside of the United States, which highlights uh, the larger possibility that Trump is going to become the next president of the United States, which almost now is guaranteed unless there's some very serious foul play or even as we have a uh, mysuperchat.com from an awakened but confused username saying, quote, do you have any suspicion that Trump is part of the deep state playing his role for the new world order? We can't shake the feeling that Trump is part of the new world order, World Economic Forum, etc. We are getting imposter vibes. Thanks for all you guys do. Wonderful reporting. Uh, so that was a $10 mysuperchat.com. That's a very interesting question, a question that I personally posed to the audience just a few weeks ago. Uh, as of course, I'm, I'm, I'm skeptical of being skeptical on, on, on top of all the tinfoil hats that I wear, which uh, I'm trying to get a, a grasp of what's really going on here as um, it is fair to kind of speculate that Trump wouldn't be where he is right now if it wasn't for all the political prosecution against him. What they're doing to him is absolutely unfair. It's absolutely insane. Facing 750 years because of document errors just doesn't make any sense at all. But seeing what has always kind of happened here, the left loses their minds when it comes to dealing with Donald Trump. They actually have real cases of Trump derangement syndrome. And if you look at the way that they have acted from the beginning of his presidency, it lines up to how they're acting now. So there's many different ways to kind of think about this entire scenario and this entire situation. Uh, another way that I'm kind of thinking about it now, because I always try to think of any and all possibilities here, and I try not to be too conspiratorial, but that's automatically what comes to mind since politics involves a lot of secret backdoor deals that a lot of people don't usually like to talk about. It involves a lot of special interest groups. It involves a lot of big billionaires that are absolutely setting the policies, and then politicians listen to them and do what they want. I, I, I think right now now, there is a larger kind of bureaucratic deep state that will do anything and everything in their power to prevent him from being the next presidency of the United States. And whether that this is one centralized larger power, I kind of disagree with that assessment, since my understanding of it is that there's power factions within Washington, D.C. that represent different parties. I think there's a Clinton party. I think there's an Obama party. I think there's a CIA party. They're not partying. They're doing really awful, horrible things. And they're all kind of playing a game against the each other, sometimes with each other, 
And uh, of course, as they do this, um, they do kind of always make sure that their game is protected, even though they're sometimes battling and gaming against each other. What could be happening now, from my perspective, I, I kind of would, you know, there's certain percentages that I, that I believe certain things could be true. Is he a part of the New World Order? From, from the right now, the vibes that I'm getting, no, but there's a little small suspicion that says that that, that could be possible. I think a more plausible assessment of what could be happening now, if you allow me to to have this rant is specifically they're trying to make him the overwhelming front runner so we get a similar situation to what happened to Hillary Clinton in 2016 because if you remember 2016 everyone all the polls all the numbers were, were pretty much doing the same thing you know Hillary's gonna win Hillary's gonna win Hillary's gonna win I I, I think there there could be an a, an angle here for the the leftist establishment Democrats to prop him up in a way where he can't lose and then last minute they make him lose just like Hillary Clinton kind of lost in 2016. So that's what's on my mind now. That's just my stream of consciousness when it comes to kind of speculating what's happening here. And I, I could absolutely be wrong on my assessment. But what do you guys make of that? MySuperChat.com and is he New World Order? And what do you think of the assessment that I just made myself? Yeah, I, I don't disagree with, with much, if any, of that. But I, I will say this. I, you know, I had no relationship with the Trump family until this past week when I was in the studio right before IRL started and I had an hour-long conversation myself, Josie the Red Libertarian, and Donald Trump Jr. And he was, I mean, it was off the record, so I'm not going to give any details about what we what we discussed, but I'll just say this. Uh, very down-to-earth, very honest and open, like incredibly open about everything. I asked him a bunch of questions that, that I really thought that he would not want to answer, and he answered them totally totally on off the cuff on the fly and and seem to be telling the truth. So, um considering that he's, you know, he's been in the public eye his entire life, his dad his dad's been famous his entire life uh and he comes from a very wealthy family, an incredibly humble person and and seemingly very dedicated to to seeing this country improved. So, I am I am personally of the belief that that Donald Trump unfortunately, uh, you know, unwittingly participated in one of the worst thing that's ever happened in American history in the year 2020. That's my belief. I don't know it for a fact, but that has kind of been my suspicion. And then after talking to Donald Trump Jr. Uh, for an hour, I'm even more, con you know, of the belief that that's the case. I, I unfortunately, I just think he's got a lot of entities that are working against what he's interested in, in delivering to the American people. Uh, he's also obviously very egotistical and, and narcissistic, and I think that gets in his way oftentimes. But I do not personally believe him to be, you know, the the enemy of the people. As you know, if if he is in a power faction, he's in a power faction that is not totally antithetical to my belief system. Yeah, Arden, any any thoughts? <laughs> Sorry. No, I agree. I I don't think he's New World Order. Um, I was reading Matt Taibbi's book. I don't know if you're familiar with Matt yes. Taibbi. Yeah, sure. But he was just he was talking about why he thought Donald Trump like surpassed Hillary Clinton unexpectedly in 2016 and won. And he was just talking about how much press Trump got just being like the person that he is. He's a superstar. He has a lot of charisma. Mm -hmm. um, people want to talk about what he does. And I think that that same phenomenon is actually still happening now. It's just on like a larger scale. <laughs> because you have all these government organizations pursuing him. Um, so I think it is a realistic take to say that he has a, he might win. I mean, I think he might win. Oh, I think that makes a win, lot too. of sense to me as well, because 
in that election that he did win, I mean, there's a reason why I think that there he has a lot of supporters. We all know that the cameras were not showing all the stadiums of people that would go out there that he'd fill up. I feel like there is a lot of people. Now, do we need to... I still agree with what Luke is saying where we should still remain a little skepticism. And, you know, even if we want to be like 100% Trump, I think that Trump, what is it, TDS, you guys yeah. say? I think yeah. that that can kind of go both ways, like in passion for Trump and the opposite. So I feel like it's always good to maintain a level of skepticism, but still, you know, with reason. Don't be permanently well, black. Well, 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 there's TDS and then there's TDSS that we'll tell you about <laughs> on Rumble. Uh, but Sp- speaking it, of, would it, you like to respond to the uh, anomaly Tim Pool Luke Radowski? Uh, <laughs> we're all we'll, 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 t- we'll talk about that on Rumble because okay. there's a, uh, a couple things that we can't uh, get into. Sounds but good. I don't like to talk about personal like, beef or drama. And there's a bunch of people trying to start drama right now. It's just mm-hmm. uh, absolutely ridiculous. Uh, but but Clinton in, in 2016, even through the official emails that came out was seeing Trump as kind of a Pied Piper candidate. And Clinton did hoist Trump up and essentially made sure that she was going to be running up against him because she thought she had the best chances to, to run against him. And that that's, that situation definitely uh, blew up in her face, to say the least. Now, Trump is the most politically prosecuted politician of our time. I think the court cases are real. The lawsuits are real. The, the prosecution by the deep state is absolutely real. Is he a new world order? No. But I do believe he represents a new emerging power faction in Washington, D.C. that is going up against all these other power factions. And they're trying to stop him as much as they can. And obviously what they're doing is uncalled for. It is uh, undemocratic. It is a a danger to our republic. And it is creating a banana republic-like situation where you have to support the guy because if you don't, if the Democrats and the establishment and the deep state are allowed to get away with this, they're going to they're going to be in power forever because right now it's Donald Trump. Four years from now, if if say uh, the the flesh suit that is Joe Biden becomes president of the United States again, mm. uh, they're going to of course institute uh, the same procedures that they did against Donald Trump, and they're going to say, you know, whoever's running against us, they're danger. We have to stop them. We have to politically prosecute them. We have to put them in jail for years and years and years because. They are a danger to our grip on control and power. So I I think right now we have to uh, be behind Donald Trump in order to push back against this larger criminalization that has happened in our political system that is absolutely unjust, unfair, and uncalled for. At the same time, I do believe it is critically important to be fair, honest, and critical of some of the past mistakes and some of the wrongdoings that Donald Trump did commit because we have to understand that we shouldn't be in a cult. We can't be drinking Kool-Aid here. And if there ever was a more opportune time to hold our politicians' feet to the fire, it's when they're listening to us and need us more than ever. Trump needs us to vote for him. Trump needs our support. And this is the time we could go to him and be like, hey, uh, you know, we get it. They're, they're, they're punishing you. We, we got your back. But like, let's make sure we don't repeat some of the mistakes that we made mm-hmm. before. Let's make sure we don't hurt people like we did before. Let's make sure that, that we fix uh, all the errors that we made before so they don't happen again. Uh, but sadly, we're reaching a situation where Let's just be honest with ourselves. Donald Trump is is up there when it comes to age. And I, and I, and I don't even want to talk about this from a kind of health perspective, even though some people are trying to bring this up. But, but this is more from a kind of um, uh, 
a mental kind of understanding as of course if you have someone in their in their 70s if you know someone in their 70s if you have someone in your life that is you know that old they're they're kind of stuck in their ways they're they're kind of stubborn and this is a situation that mike cernovich kind of brought up to me when we were all driving uh for 17 hours in a blizzard together and he was talking to someone else who was in the car and he said how many old people do you know that are in their late 70s pick up a new language or learn how to play the guitar or change their habits drastically or change the way that they do things and um of course i don't know any i don't know i don't know if you guys know any but people in their in, in their late stages of life, they're, they're very stubborn. Yep. Uh, will the Trump administration do something different than what they did before? Probably not, because of the way that 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 uh, you know Donald Trump is. So, what's going to be happening under the Donald Trump presidency? Is under this new presidency, if he gets elected now, if, if the deep state doesn't stop him. It's probably going to be the same exact thing that happened when he was the president uh, four years ago. Well, it could be argued that now he has more wisdom because his first time around having to appoint the different people of his team, like he wasn't aware of who's really on his side, who wasn't. If it's Republican, they should be on my side. Right. But he actually now had that experience to know who's actually got my back for this second time around. So it could be argued that he's going to do a little better and have a better uh, appointed crowd around him to support him. There, this is the whole reason that I, I, have, I have spent so much of my time researching and talking with Vivek, <coughs> with Vivek Ramaswamy is that he is this young, new firebrand that if given, and, and I, I did a whole episode on Liberty Lockdown about this that comes out tomorrow, but I'll, I'll truncate it and just give you the kind of the Cliffs notes. I have never met anyone that is harder working, more brilliant, more entrepreneurial, more more passionate, more gifted in terms of speaking, more intelligent. Like this dude is a absolute force to be reckoned with. And I am not overstating it. He is really that special. So if he's for Clinton, real... Clint tried to cl- uh, kiss him too. I did. I kissed him on the mouth. I don't blame you. Uh, <laughs> Clint was like... Oh. He was like googly gaga. I don't like... Oh my c- control yourself, Clint. Okay? Control none, yourself None of that here, happened, please. but I'll Stop. play along because it's the funniest thing to say. I kissed Vivek Ramaswamy on the mouth. Uh, no. Clint loves Vivek. I do. He's just that. very impressive dude. And I think that Luke is uh, really just not comfortable enough with his sexual well, I admit he feels the same way. He's a very impressive man. Uh, but anyways, he's he's. Uh, he's I think Vivek loves Trump too. Well, look, <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't know about that to be honest. But I, I what I there's do some know, interesting uh, body language that we're going to be getting into that. in just a little bit. We're going to be playing a video that's uh, pretty interesting. Clint, go ahead. Yeah, I, I. Here's the reason that I'm so pumped about Vivek is that. If given the opportunity, like Trump has a, a handful of ideas I really hate, but he has a handful of ideas I, I, I like quite a bit. And he didn't implement the vast majority of them in his first term because he got undermined because he surrounded himself with some of the worst people on earth. Vivek, in my humble opinion, is not one of the worst people on earth. And I think that he has the the wherewithal, the knowledge, the drive, the energy uh, to accomplish a lot of what Trump failed to do. So I think that given the the responsibility uh, I think that Vivek would be an unbelievable ap- asset to Donald Trump, and this is coming from someone who is not a Trump supporter. I think that if he's VP, if he's AG, if he's put into some sort of high level department, if they create a special task force to basically watch over, yeah, to to watch over the demolition of seventy five percent of federal employees, like this dude can really change this country in a dramatic way without being the president of the United States. So. I just hope that Trump listens to him. 
Kanukin EH gave a super chat saying, quote, I really hope Vivek is VP because America needs to be saved. And I think Trump and Vivek are the best chance this coming from a Canadian. Um, I have I have my my own mm -hmm. things to say about Canadians that we're going to say on Rumble. Uh, <laughs> thank no, you. But, well, thank you for the super chat. Yeah. I, I appreciate it. Now, for me personally, a, a thing that always comes to mind after my experiences in Iowa and seeing the kind of fervent emotional uh, insanity that we all dealt with because of social media and, and people having kind of a cult of personality here. My response to all of this is like, hey, uh, if you think voting is going to save you, if you think voting is going to change everything, you're not paying attention. What's going to really change stuff in this world is you taking personal responsibility for yourself, you being happy, you being healthy, you starting a family, you being successful, you starting a business and moving outside of the larger matrix of control that is all around you. So again, Vivek, Great guy. I spent some time with him in Iowa, just just like Clint did. Candace Owens says that he's one of the highest IQ people that she ever met. Candace really likes him as well. And he does have a drive. I don't agree with all of his policies, especially his foreign policy. Yep. I, I think he's becoming more and more of a politician. He's becoming more and more polished. I definitely do see a difference between him before he was running for the presidency uh, during his candidacy. Big time. Um, and he definitely changed a lot of the way that he kind of speaks. But I do believe um, he has an incredible work ethic. There's no denying that and just being on the ground with him he was working his butt off um there's Look, absolutely have, no denying that at all serious question for you have you ever seen anyone work like he did uh besides besides luke himself. yeah right and, and, and i'm asking luke who, who i i uh, by the way when because we got we back to miami luke works really when, 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 when i got back to miami sure. I, t I told luke i said your nickname ought to be no days off i literally haven't had a day off for a while I, financially we're like in the red i'm like oh crap i gotta work my butt off i gotta pay the bills here uh, so yeah, your super chats and your memberships on LukeUnfiltered.com really do mean a lot. Uh, maybe one day I'll give myself a vacation here, but uh, not anytime soon because there's this is this is go time. This is 2024. This is the political election cycle. This is make or break, and this is the time to really put all your eggs in one basket. And that's why we've been working so hard here in this independent media organization. And it really does mean a lot to have your support to allow us to do these trips and to do these shows and have these conversations. So uh, we definitely definitely thank everyone who agrees with us and and more importantly the people who disagree with us is of course this is what's important for a real discourse a real conversation being able to disagree with each other being able to not see eye to eye sometimes but still make your points and let the audience decide what resonates with them so i'm I, i'm i'm always an individual that uh I, I could always admit when i'm wrong i'm wrong sometimes and i'm wrong usually because someone points it out so i appreciate people pointing it out and having more of an honest real conversation with us. Now, uh, Vivek did drop out after Iowa, after a lot of people say that he had a very poor showing, as of course he, he got 8%. He, he was at 0%. He got 8%. That's a lot. After he dropped out, he officially endorsed Donald Trump, and he was on the campaign trail with Donald Trump, where he gave a very fiery speech last night that I thought was very interesting. Here's a portion of that clip that kind of highlights some uh, very interesting body language that happened between Vivek and Donald Trump afterwards that I thought was interesting. I tweeted, uh, the body language here is interesting, and literally this got like thousands and thousands of like retweets, 53,000 likes for 
some reason. But uh, uh, I know, I know, it's it's, well, it's in, insane here. What did you see in it? I was um, curious. Uh, let's play the video and we'll sure. go frame by frame here. <laughs> as of course, this is the embrace that's happening between Vivek and and Trump after Vivek gave a small speech. His speech was was uh, pretty potent, pretty powerful. And uh, you know, a very, a very, a very politically polished speech. This, I'll this just leave is, it at that. Uh, and this, this, this is, is afterwards. <laughs> this is this is this is forty five seconds in. This as is of course- Trump inviting Vivek to to the stage to speak. And I thought it was hilarious how Vivek kind of said all these things that we we're expecting of yeah. Trump. I'm like, you're holding Trump accountable to. You're yeah. like, it's kind of like he was like. So in some energetic way, like handing off the baton, mm. like, you know, mm-hmm. like saying, OK, Vivek, now you're going to make sure to get all this stuff done for all of us. Well, mm. th- but there's people still saying that Vivek is a snake and uh, some people are still really not happy with him. And they're saying that this body language between him and Trump kind of uh, explains this as there's theories within theories. Let's just play the video here as, of course, you see the two embracing uh, and uh, it, it's it's very kind of strong, domineering kind of body language that they're giving to each other. It's a bromance. As, of course, they're, like, shaking each other, pushing each other forward, pushing each other back, slapping each other. Vivek <laughs> just grabs him, slaps him once again. You see them kind of smiling here, and you see Trump now finally smiling again Thank after you. he was Thank caught you. here. After the, wow, was that like, sounds like, sad. Pretty good. The, the best way I could compare that is two bears in the Arctic <laughs> kind of meeting each other, like, and, like, shoving each other and pushing each other. Some people are saying, this is, a, this is something, there's something more into this as they're showing mm-hmm. screenshots of Donald Trump kind of looking sideways at him and making a gesture for his um, suit jacket. They're saying he's making a gesture for his suit jacket because that's usually where he holds his speech about the snakes and the snakes uh, biting the tortoise during his speech. So there's people really looking into this. (laughs) My own assessment looking at this specifically here is that these are two very prominent, powerful individuals and they're just trying to kind of show who has more power and dominance here. As of course, uh, when you meet when you meet Vivek, automatically he like slaps you on, on like on, on like your shoulder. I'm like, oh, okay, all right, man. Like, he is a strong presence. He, he, this is what a lot of uh, politicians do. They're like, they're they're very handsy. They're very. Um, <laughs> You can uh, say Andrew, that again. Uh, they're very Andrew Como like. So when when you look at this, and not one, just the Epstein ones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not just the ones who flew on the, that airplane to that private island. But when you look at this exchange, I think it's just two very prominent individuals, uh, kind of feeling each other out, pushing each other, and just you, you look at Trump's body language. It's 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 something to marvel at in itself, especially when you see him at a lot of these kind of European meetings where he's just like literally grabbing and shoving politicians out of the way and like coming into the forefront. Front wow, and, and fixing his suit. Body sad, language right? is uh, very, very, very uh, telling for uh, a, a lot of what kind of Donald Trump does. And uh, Vivek seems like he was trying to match his kind of larger presence and energy here. Again, we might be looking too much into this, but what I thought was really fascinating about this particular clip was the fact that the crowd here was cheering VP, VP. VP for, uh, of course, Vivek Ramaswamy to be the running candidate for Donald Trump. And then he smiled big. Trump then ma- gave a big smile. Let me let me add a, an important note about this too, because uh, just the day prior, Vivek Ramaswamy was on with Glenn Beck, and Glenn Beck asked him about VP. And Vivek's been asked this like literally ten thousand times over the past couple months, uh, but but his response I thought was fantastic. He the the reason or the response that he gave was, look. If I'm going to do that, 
there's a lot of things that we need to have a meeting of the minds on. And I was like, this is amazing. This is a guy who's who's trying to get the VP role, which obviously has to basically be selected by Donald Trump. And he's telling Donald, he's like, this is my list of demands. Assange freed. We're not building a new HQ, a new big, beautiful HQ in downtown D.C. We're not doing that. We're going to shut down the FBI. Like he's he's laying out his list of demands to take on the VP role. Whether that's going to work out or not, I don't know, but that is audacious. That is really, really bold negotiating. And I think personally, knowing the type of businessman that Donald Trump is, he's going to respect that. Yeah. Uh, what do you think, Arden? What do you think of uh, Vivek here and uh, his larger possibilities for uh, him to maybe a lot of people are saying he's going to have some kind of position within the Trump administration. Um, he, he kind of t- t- took a lot of people by surprise here. How do you see his kind of political future here from everything that you're seeing from the outside in? Well, he's he doesn't have a track record I could really pull from, but he says a lot of things that I really like. Personally, for me, um, one of the most important issues to me is border security. Um, and this is kind of a question I have. Do you think Vivek would take more action on border security than Trump would? I, I think the uh, very good question, because one thing that you brought up is, is what a lot of people miss. We're in an election cycle where politicians say a lot of wild stuff. Yeah. But what do politicians do is is the yeah. real test and challenge of them, as of course, Vivek hasn't been in political office. He hasn't proven himself. He hasn't done anything. And I think if he's able to have some kind of cabinet position or even potentially VP position, we could really see his true colors. We could see if he fully and plays the game. We could see if he actually stands up for himself and it makes a big difference in the political sphere. As far as the border, as far as immigration, I I, I think the two would have very similar policies. I think they would uh, implement uh, a a lot of policies that would try to uh, recall what is happening right now since immigration is one of the leading... um, kind of issues for, for this election cycle as well as the economy. But uh, why, why do you find it as important right now for, for yourself? Well, it's it's alarming. I mean, um, I've seen a lot of reports and done some looking myself. I've spoken with Tara Rodas, who's a HHS whistleblower, who blew the whistle on HHS literally paying for these unaccompanied minors coming across the border to be placed with people who are trafficking them. And the U.S. government, our tax dollars, that's that's what it's going to. It's it's so alarming. So it's it's a really, really uh, important issue to me. And Vivek, I believe he's claimed in speeches that he would literally deport undocumented, undocumented immigrants who had already come over the border. That's a huge claim. Like round them up. That is a huge claim. So if he actually was able to deliver on that, um, I think that would have a huge impact for his credibility. Yeah, we actually talked about this with Don Jr., specifically what to do here. We also talked about this with uh, Vivek and Candace Owens during uh, the uh, Tim Pool, Tim Cast uh, town hall that we had here. And Candace was like, yeah, um, deport them all. Uh, for my, uh, you know, kind of perspective, I, I think getting rid of the initiatives, getting rid of the NGOs, getting rid of some of the policies that incentivize the the human trafficking and the migration here might be a little bit uh, better when it comes to addressing this particular issue because essentially it is a lot of major corporations taking advantage of these people as well, which um, it, it, it's kind of crazy that we're able to 
be in a position where so many people are just told to come on in, and they do, and the federal government is protecting that, and there's so many victims of it. There's so much human trafficking. I covered the situation on the ground in Tijuana. I covered the situation on the ground in Europe. Um, a lot of human trafficking, a lot yeah. of abuse against women, a lot yeah. of abuse against children. And, uh, you know, we'll talk about this on Rumble, but uh, a lot of the countries that have allowed any and all people in have to deal with significant crimes that happen against females afterwards, uh, which is something, again, that, that should be addressed, shouldn't be controversial, and we should have an intellectual conversation about, but sadly we can't because people lose their minds and automatically conflate issues and try to, of course, uh, divert mm -hmm. from uh, what's really going on here. We have uh, my super chat, I think it's a rumble rant from Thai Site Arts saying, how do we get federal officials to follow federal laws rather than unlawful executive orders that enable the human trafficking trafficked border invasion? It's a great question. Yeah, I mean, uh, it comes from the top. You have to have actual enforcement, uh, an, an attorney general, uh, Vivek Ramaswamy, for instance, uh, who has a Yale, Yale law degree, would be an interesting addition as opposed to the Bill Barr types that were deep state through and through. Uh, and covered up the story of the decade exactly. and, and uh, you know, the, the offing off of, of Mr. Epstein. Some people are saying they want DeSantis as AG, but I don't think that's going to happen with the, the love not. affair between them and yeah, uh, Trump. Probably not. But uh, uh, to go back to your, your prior point about immigration, I, I'm, of, I'm in the camp where the people that come across that then work for below minimum wage for corporations, they're not... They're not the ones that I'm really worried about. I actually respect that, that people are coming across and they want to work. And if, they, if they're getting paid five bucks an hour, obviously they think that's better than they could have got whatever nation they're from. So they're, they're trying to better themselves. I'm far more concerned about those that come across that are in gangs, that are uh, you know, drug traffickers or human traffickers. Those are the ones that really, really concern me. But I think that the, the, the real answer here, the most humanitarian answer, is to stop the flow so that you can actually allow for the people that have already come across to acclimate to start to be part of the American culture as opposed to this five to ten million people coming across annually, which is totally unsustainable. If you if you don't believe me, I know there's a lot of open borders libertarians that get very angry when I talk about this, but if you look at Europe, there is a cultural mm -hmm. shock that is happening that is going to divide that that not just that nation, but that entire continent in a way that may be irreparable. It's a very big deal and, and if we're gonna look the other direction, I think it's a mistake. Yeah, that's why a lot of uh, online commentators are saying that that the, the Civil War, everyone drink, isn't going to be going off here in America, but it's first going to be going off in, in Europe. And again, uh, lots of crazy things happening in Europe that are covered up, that people can't talk about, that are censored, which uh, I just find absolutely criminal. We got another uh, Rumble rant from Skewzy Q Love. Thank you, Skewzy Q, uh, for all the Rumble rants that you give us. You're saying, quote, I am skeptical of politicians or businessmen running. But you have to look at the fruits Trump produced. A good economy and no new wars always has my vote. Looking forward to the fruit Vivek produces. Uh, yes, QZ, Q love. I, I agree with you. And you're kind of saying what I just said a couple moments ago. And that is previously, we don't know what kind of politician Vivek Ramaswamy is. As of course, politicians always promise us everything and then usually significantly under deliver. If you look at Trump's uh, presidential campaign in 2016, he was talking about end the Fed. He was implicating the Bushes in the attacks that happened in New York City on 2001. He was talking about JFK. He was talking about CIA. He was talking about the Saudi Arabians. He was really talking about even auditing the Federal Reserve. This man didn't hold anything back. 
And uh, over time, his administration was a little bit different than what he promised us he was going to be doing. Let's just be honest as, as intellectually as we can. We got another mysuperchat.com from Lone Wolf saying, not enough for rent, but hopefully enough to say we appreciate you, Luke. Thank you, Lone Wolf. I appreciate you and I appreciate all the support here. Another one from Shame Inski saying, don't be mad at the citizens of the People's Republic of Kanukistan. We hate it here. To, to, what are your thoughts on Pierre Polivar, Canadian politician? I think I met Pierre uh, once. Is he the conservative guy that kind of is, is like a Frenchy, uh, long-faced dude? If so, That's I, I met French him. French last name, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I think I, I met him uh, once in, in Canada at like a private uh, like little meetup that he had with some uh, kind of influencers. Um uh, this was many, many years ago, but um, I, I, I don't remember. I don't remember much. We got another one from Trippy Frog saying, big love for you, Luke. Thank you for doing what you do. You are purely authentic, uh, radical human. I, I do my best, and the, the best way to have transparency is to have an honest and clear dialogue. That's what we strive to do here, and uh, we do it mainly because of your participation, you guys calling us out, you guys calling into the show. There's no scripts. We don't tell you what you can say and can't say we're going to have unscripted calls in just 30 minutes from now on rumble.com forward slash we are changes of course let's finish off the topic here as the daily mail is saying quote donald trump teases big role for vivek ramaswamy in his 2024 campaign after former rival dropped out of race what do you think is going to be Vivek's role here when it comes to this trump administration that probably will be winning the presidency i mean there's there's a there's a ton of roles that he would be phenomenal at. It really, I think it comes down to actually a lot to do with that, that, that body uh, language signaling or, or analysis that you were doing earlier is can Trump allow for another kind of alpha yeah. entrepreneur, outspoken, thoughtful, charismatic leader well, I won't to be interrupt in you. his orbit or does that create a clash? But I won't interrupt you because also it's not really can Trump allow it or does he want it? It's also his advisors, right? Are Is he being advised to do that kind of energetic duo where there's like two strong men alpha or what some people are speculating is perhaps he's going to go for a woman. That's how I feel. Yeah, I feel like I they yeah. feel like that's what he's going to be mm -hmm. uh, given as a, as a recommendation what, moving forward. What Let's hear what you say, Arden. I don't know. Uh, I guess it's kind of intuitive. I, I just feel like Trump would go for a female VP who appealed to a more moderate audience. Exactly. Yeah. Is, and just for electability? Yeah. Yeah. I think the, is it the woman in Nebraska? I think there's one who's a Republican that... that oh, you're talking uh, South Dakota, Christy Nome? Correct. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Nome, Nome wouldn't be a bad option. She's... Uh, you know, good speaker and, and probably would not step on Trump's toes. I personally, just from my preference, I think many in the libertarian camp want someone that will step on Trump's toes. We want someone that is opinionated, that will not be a walkover, that will hold Trump to account when he's made promises and he starts to, to you know, pull back on them. I want him to actually deliver. I want him to pardon Assange. I want him to pardon Snowden and Albrecht and the list goes on and on, the peaceful J6ers. Like, he needs to do these things and he also needs someone who's actually passionate and driven and has the energy and the wherewithal to contend with the media and deliver on things that are unpopular in the corporate press sphere because that's what's going to happen. You're going to have the entire weight of the media come down on you for every step of the way. 
do you have someone that's ready that can actually fire back? Vivek can do that. I'm not at all sh- certain that there's anybody else that's as, as skilled as him at doing so. Sarah Palin. Oh, goodness. Oh, gosh. No, I'm just joking. <laughs> uh, we, got, we got one more uh, super chat here from John Burt. Great super chat. Uh, he says, Clint, what is Vivek's favorite ice cream flavor? <laughs> Uh, the Clint Russell. That's his favorite ice cream. Oh, Lord. Oh. What? <laughs> What's happening? I'm just going to make this as creepy as possible, dude. I don't know. Trump <laughs> flavor. Hey, hey, hey. This, you know. Oh, God. You guys are sick of it. This is, this is der- derailed it thoroughly. We're, we're not point. even on Rumble yet. We're going to move over now to Rumble, where we're going to be discussing some very uh, spicy, tumultuous topics, starting off with Sean Strickland, MMA UFC champion that really didn't hold anything back during a recent UFC press conference where he went all out on the Canuckistans. And I absolutely agree with him. We're going to be sharing that point of view, as well as getting into a lot of the the kind of in-depth investigative journalism that Arden Young is doing all on Rumble. We couldn't talk about it here on, on, on this particular broadcast, since, of course, we're on YouTube. YouTube doesn't like you talking about certain things. We're going to be able to finally breathe a fresh breath of free speech air <laughs> on rumble.com forward slash we are change. Let me just double check and make sure that, uh, yep, we're on the front page. Donald Trump is, is giving a speech right now, but we are on the front page <laughs> right next to him, uh, next to Dr. Drew, next to Jimmy Dore, all on rumble.com forward slash we are change. So that conversation continuing on rumble.com. People are like, send me the link. No. Get your, get your fingers, move them, rumble.com. That's all you have to do. Vote with your clicks. Vote with your attention. There's a reason Trump's speeches are even banned on YouTube. There's a reason people are getting their YouTube channels taken down for interviewing Vivek Ramaswamy. We're going to have that young man on the show in just a few days from now, by the way, who had his uh, YouTube channel taken down for, for daring to interview Vivek about some controversial issues. Uh, again, we have a big audience here on YouTube. Now is the time. Go over rumble.com. If we could do anything to help facilitate you guys crossing over and supporting content and media platforms that are, that are doing the right thing, this is the best thing that you can do. Rumble.com uh, means a lot to us. Arden, before we head over to the free speech land utopia, that is Rumble, where can people find out more information about you? Yes, um, I'm active on Twitter, Arden underscore Young underscore. They can go to my highlights tab where I've put all the undercover investigations that I've done. And we're going to go deep on those undercover investigations in the next few minutes over on Rumble. So get over there right now at Liberty Lockpod on X. If you want to support my work, great way to do that is to subscribe there. Clint Russell's the name. Liberty Lockdown is the show. Tower Gang is my uh, my other totally ridiculous and absurd uh, obsession. And it will be myself versus Owen Benjamin on whether or not we can trust Vivek Ramaswamy at 915. Don't miss that. And uh, yeah, we'll see you guys soon. Yeah, he had some interesting things to say about you. You think? Uh, that guy... Uh, that, He's that, that, that guy has some anger issues. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just leave it at that. Steph? Steph, WRC on Twitter, still learning how to use it, but uh, I enjoy reposting some stuff that I see. So check me out there. Yes. That's like, how do you retweet? I'm still trying to figure it out. For real. That is is real. So, uh, (laughs) no, it it actually is real. (laughs) Sign up right now. Rumble.com. I love you guys. Uh, Stay tuned for more here on... 
Uh, we, we got another, uh, I think, Rumble rant from Crash Bandit. But before we do, I wanted to remind everyone as members, you guys get the ability to actually call into the show. And uh, Atlas now has been doing this sporadically. I don't know what has gotten into her. She's, she's, she's definitely misbehaving. But um, LukeUnfiltered.com, I just sent it on the YouTube uh, chat platform. Uh, sorry, the Rumble chat platform. Uh, you guys sign up. If you're members, log in. And you guys, of course, get to call in in about 30 minutes from now through uh, the Telegram channel. So don't forget to check that out as, of course, the first story that we want to get into is this epic takedown of Sean Strickland that absolutely let everything loose with these very crazy eye-opening comments on the poor Kanakistan journalists. Thanks. Sean, uh, Neil Davidson from the Canadian Press. Welcome mm. to Canada. Oh, congratulations! Yeah, fucking the Canadian press, man. Were you a uh, were you a, uh, a COVID bank account stealer too? Were you on board with that? No. I, uh, Are you left wing or right wing? Were you a were you a Trudeau? We got one of the, we got one of the fucking commies with the press. We got to know where this man stands. Were you non biased? I think I'll ask the questions here. Oh, he thinks he'll ask. Oh, we fucking know. Maybe I should just pass on this motherfucker. He's gonna go back. He's going to go back and fucking give my bank account information to fucking Trudeau. <laughs> well, it's probably a good bank account. Uh, a little bit of an awkward exchange. Of course, that's not the only fireworks and bombs that were landed during this press conference. As Of course, shortly after that, this interaction happened as well. Go fuck yourself. Move the fuck on, man. No, that doesn't really coward. answer the question, but I did want to ask also things you said about the trans community. You said uh, this past October when they announced the Bud Light sponsorship that... You'd go so hard on Bud Light in your next fight, they'll have to accept me or denounce me when uh, when they know what and we'll know what they stand for. Are you this guy's like that. This Canadian's not that Canadian. Are you still going to use your fight time to kind of speak on that? Here's the thing about Bud Light. Here's the thing about Bud Light. Ten years ago, to be trans was a what a mental fucking illness, and now all of a sudden, people like you have fucking weaselled your way in the world. You are. You are an infection. You are the definition of weakness. Everything that is wrong with the world is because of fucking you. And the best thing is, is the world's not buying it. The world's not buying your fucking bullshit you're fucking peddling. The world is not saying, you know what? You're right. Fucking chicks have dicks. The world's not saying that. The world's saying, no, there are two genders. I don't want my kids being taught about, you know, who they could fuck in school. I don't want my kids being taught about you know, their sexual preference. Like, dude, this guy is the fucking enemy. Uh, you want to look at the fucking enemy to our world? It's that motherfucker right there. Now tell oh, me how you really feel, <laughs> Sean Strickland, as of course he held nothing back addressing specifically Canadian journalists, addressing how the Canadian government confiscated the bank accounts of people who were critical of their government, and then getting into some trans issues, which definitely is going to have a lot of Bud Light executives not happy with his latest comments, as, of course, he directly represents everything that Bud Light and any kind of corporate, cor corporate endorsement really doesn't want to hear right now. What's your, what's your reaction to these kind of uh, very eye-opening uh, statements made by Sean Strickland, the current UFC champion that's going to be fighting in just a few days right now? Yeah, I mean, most of it I agree with, but uh, part that we didn't play, he says, he says to the same reporter, well, you know, would you feel okay if your if your son was gay? 
And then the guy's like, yes, I'm an ally for the community. He's like, well, you're just a fucking pussy then. And I was like, I was like, all right, well, look, he's, he's a little off the rails, but uh, you know, broadly, I like I like it when people hold. I, well, number one, whether I agree with you or not, I love it when you say unpopular things and you speak your mind and you do so boldly. I think it's fucking awesome. Uh, but I, I also really love that he's holding the journalists to account for them turning a blind eye as Trudeau became a complete fucking dictator for multiple years, uh, and they said nothing. And if, if most of them actually cheerled him, so I think that's good. And I think that's actually what's happening more and more to American journalists is like where when you when you behave in a illiberal way which is funny because obviously Trudeau would certainly consider himself a liberal progressive. Uh, but when you behave illiberally, the rest of the world loses respect for you. And, and these people deserve to have some of their respect lost is that like, yeah, you, you guys became a basically totalitarian dictatorship and fuck you. If you have a problem with what Sean Strickland thinks about gay rights, who gives a fuck? Excusey Q gave a $2 rumble rant saying, love UFC dudes spitting the truth to the world. Bingo. Now, what he said here was was very definitely uh, tumultuous, especially when it comes to the trans community. Uh, Arden, what did you think? I don't know if you were able to hear everything because we have some audio issues still from Iowa. Uh, but but uh, what do you make of, of Sean's kind of comments here? I think I got the gist. Um, I say good for him. It's kind of refreshing to see that kind of um, dialogue happen during a press conference. And I'm just verifying, is he endorsed by Bud Light? No, no, he's, he's a UFC fighter okay. and the UFC has a hundred uh, oh, million dollar deal with Bud Light. Ooh, yeah, yeah. I wonder how this is going to play out. Well, they, they did it, though, because they wanted to counter the negative PR they got from from the Dylan Mulvaney fiasco. So it's like. This is what you asked for. You wanted to have fucking the the most alpha savage men in the in yeah. the country that are repping your fucking shitty beer. Well, you got it. What do you think about it now? Like, well, me personally, like I think I, he could have done without all the profanity. I mean, because they're just going to use that as ammo. They're going to say he went on some unhinged, profane rant, and I'm of the mind of like, don't give them anything to knock you on. Obviously, um, it's not always going to work, but like um, now they're just going to say that he like unfairly attacked some reporter with like this huge, long, profane rant. Yeah, I think they're going to attack him regardless. I yeah. think they're going to be really not happy with these comments. And Sean even kind of uh, bragged saying, hey, uh, it's great that Bud Light is sponsoring the UFC because they're sponsoring me saying all this crazy stuff. Yeah. And then he went online and said a lot of stuff about trans kids. What did he say exactly? I can't remember. Um, I, I can't remember. Let, let me know in the chat room what he said. But he said some really spicy things specifically around trans kids as the the response from this is uh, the first one is from clay thompson saying this is exactly how to respond to a woke journalist we have jesus insight on twitter saying god bless him man of conviction cowards could learn from a lot from the him wait was that clay thompson the point guard for the no no okay, no, no okay. that's another because that would have been fucking amazing here. if he backed um, him up i hi see this is the things with a lot of like sports ball athletes they're usually just given uh, cowards. yeah yeah most of them are most of them are like, yeah, just tell me what to what to say. Tell me when to kneel. Tell me when to, of course, endorse some horrible freaking product that will poison you in many different ways. Just, just give me the freaking money. I'll do it. Uh, tell me, tell me how to, how high to jump, and I'll do it. And and that's literally what a lot of well, sports ball stars do, except for a lot of the UFC people. Exactly. That that has a, a very large dynamic of individuals who are able to speak their mind. There was a reason why the UFC came back before any other. Sports ball during COVID.
COVID, when everyone else was locked down and not allowed to have any kind of entertainment, they came back and said, fuck this. We're doing this in Florida. We're doing this in Texas. And we're going to do this on an island in Abu Dhabi. And they did it. And they provided uh, people relief, but more importantly, provided a push of the Overton window that allowed people to say, hey, these guys could do it. So could we. I just, uh, I just got like flashbacks, actually, <laughs> as you were describing that, because I'm a huge like sports fan. It's like the one thing I do to decompress. And I just remember like they canceled the baseball season, the basketball season, the football season, like it was all gone. And then these UFC events would be happening in empty auditoriums. And it was the only thing on TV. And I'm a huge UFC fan, so I was super grateful. Um, but they did it, you know, when the guidelines were saying that you couldn't. Uh, I remember the fighters had to test and it was like it was a total nightmare. But it was like it was like that was the first sign that there was there was some pushback. All of the other leagues were just like, you know, even though they're they're up there pretending like they're, you know, they're they're speaking they're standing up they're talking back to the man because they're they're talking about black lives matter and shit like that but when it came to like the biggest infringement on our rights in modern times which was fucking lockdowns they had nothing to say and if they had anything to say it was only to support that so fuck all the cowards i love i love the ufc i love dana white i love everybody that's like even if i disagree with them love everything that they're doing it's fucking great and i hope that uh the sponsors greatly regret sending $100 million to fucking Sean Strickland so he could say the most <laughs> inappropriate things imaginable. Uh, I think the trans stuff is definitely the, the bigger kind of controversy here since that's something that the establishment wants to make sacred. You, you can't say anything about this. You can't criticize this. And in many instances, this is also ideology that's being promoted in almost every kind of TV show and every kind of movie and even included in online pornography, which brings me to, of course, the story that, that you broke, Arden, which I thought was extremely important. We have it here lined up. You released a seven-minute and 40-second video about this very specific issue. But since we've been dominating the conversation, we want to let you kind of introduce it and tell the, the people here what you did, what you found out, especially when it comes to a lot of really sinister kind of trans-agenda push on a lot of unsuspecting uh, users. Yeah, so I went undercover and recorded various Pornhub employees. Their parent company is called ALO now. Various ALO employees admitting to illegal practices, um, just scandalous practices in, gen in general. In this particular video, you see Dylan Rice, who's a senior script writer for pornography under ALO. And he's talking about the fact that they purposefully market gay and trans content to straight viewers and they do track the viewer's life path. They know exactly what you're watching, what you're interested in, what you're paying for. Um, and so they will purposefully try to push that envelope and get you clicking on a, a more expansive palette of things. Can you explain to me why? Like, what are they, what the fuck are they doing? Is it just social engineering? Um, you know, my impression of what, Dylan meant when he said it, it was a money thing. Of okay. We want to make more things more marketable to that same person. But huh. if you think about it, it really doesn't make a difference because effectually it creates the same right. problem. Right. Like yeah. if, you're, if you're addicted to porn, you're addicted to porn. Why the fuck would they care? Like, why do they want me watching trans shit? 
Yeah, automatically my mind goes towards a larger conspiracy of, of depopulation and mind control that uh, essentially could be at play here. But there could be maybe a simpler explanation of, of just trying yeah. to uh, make people more kind of deviant, make people more kind of... Because, uh, I, I, again, I, I can't really kind of explain it. My mind automatically... Conspiracy! It's yeah. a conspiracy. I mean, he does use yeah. the term convert, which is alarming. I think he meant in a marketing sense, but if you think about it, it means the same thing. Huh. So do you have an opinion? Uh, I mean, do you think that it, it goes deeper than them just trying to get you to watch more content in, in that? Because like it, it honestly, it does. Like I'm a business guy. Yeah. It doesn't make any fucking sense to me that yeah. you would want to be force feeding me shit that I like. I'm sexually not like attracted to. Yeah. Converting. Because right. like that would actually that would actually push like, people away that's from like the platform. Work, right? Oftentimes you would be like, all right, yeah. I'm a heterosexual dude and you're showing me. Yeah. Chicks with dicks. <laughs> Like, I, I don't want to be here anymore. Yeah, what the fuck? I am suspicious there's something deeper at play on a higher level, maybe that Dylan's not aware of. Right. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's really, really sketchy. He even mentions that for their kind of uh, main trans site, it's called Trans Angels. Um, it's mainly female presenting trans people in the pornography. And he said the main audience for it is straight men. Yeah. Well, I... I know that it's a big, uh, like, what's it called? Category uh, mm -hmm. in porn now. I don't know why. So is the stepsister shit. It seems like, yeah. like we're just getting like more and more degraded civilizationally. Yeah. It, it's becoming more and more extreme because if you introduce people to kind of uh, online pornography, which by the way has been weaponized by many governments before. A lot of people don't like to talk about this. We can now talk about this because we're on Rumble, but there are governments literally using it as a form of, of weaponry. We saw even uh, you know larger considerations from the U.S. military industrial complex and the U.S. Pentagon talking about a gay bomb that they were trying to deploy on uh, Vietnam, and this was all the way back in the freaking 60s. So, uh, if you're able to, of course, launch a war on the people of the United States, what better way to do it than to do it in a way where people kind of eugenicize themselves, that they stop reproducing, stop having children, stop having family. And I think this is this is uh, akin to what I believe to be a larger conspiracy here of very powerful individuals and, and uh, interest groups coming together and being like, we just got to kill people. <laughs> we got to we got to bloodlet. We got to make sure we get rid of so many people. There's too many people in this world. Uh, that's actually not true, according to the science. But they use bunk science that they finance in order to push this larger claim here. And it, it's not just uh, in in schools and TV shows and, and pornography. It's also on the dating apps. There's mm -hmm. been a lot of uh, funny activity by you know uh, Tinder and yeah. Bumble, where you think you're just swiping on chicks, but then you're swiping on chicks with dicks. Yeah, or, or, I, I, or there's like I, I, or there's like a random dude it intermixed when you're just trying to be with chicks like oh here's a dude i'm like what the fuck what the fuck is this bullshit like, I, I what the fuck with, you trying to do here i match with almost exclusively dudes or like trannies it's fucking crazy what <laughs> Clint, tmi here tmi and facebook dating so facebook dating um i'm not even like looking to date especially not through facebook but in their ads, it's like they use exclusively same-sex couples I've seen. And they'll market it to me with like two girls in it. I'm like, why would Facebook think I'd ever be interested well, in this? I'm just not. especially since Facebook knows that you're yeah. in a relationship too. So right. and Facebook has, oh, wow. like I've had Facebook since I was 12 years old. They obviously know that I'm not interested in women. 
yeah, that's yeah. It's it's a larger push for degeneracy, I think, because if you're able to warp the mind, especially of small children, I don't understand how parents could just give a, a kid a laptop or a tablet or a phone, and they're like, yeah, just do whatever you want with it, kid. Yeah. As of course, you could see some really twisted, crazy ass shit. It's like it's uh, like handling it's yeah. like handing your eight year old like uh, like the, the worst it's, it's, the worst yeah. the worst war crime videos you can possibly imagine, being like, hey, watch this for the next ten years, it, see it, how you turn out as an adult. It, it's like it's. It's like literally a gun. You're like, here's a gun that's going to yeah. warp and destroy your fucking mind and make sure that you can't pair bond successfully or have children <laughs> in the future. Here you go. It's uh, convenient. Uh, People do that because they don't have yeah, the bandwidth to take care of their children, to interact with them. It's like, oh my gosh, I can't deal with this. Here, take this iPad. And watch this and be quiet. Like, it's really sad. Yeah, I feel scary. like a lot of people uh, see this happening and they know that this is not the way to be educating our children. And then we kind of wonder why uh, relationships are at all time low, marriages are at all time low, uh, families and people having children all time low. I, I, I think, it, again, you could believe I'm wrong. My suspicions, grander conspiracy, depopulation agenda at play here. There's a mental war, psychological war being waged on children as soon as they're born, as well as a chemical war in order to get rid of any kind of positive human interactions. Any kind of good positive masculinity or femininity have been destroyed. The sexes have been put up against each other. There is a civil war within a civil war, especially when it comes to biological men and women that are supposed to be opposed to each other angry at each other, fighting each other rather than doing what they did throughout human history and that is complementing each other. So when you see the, the power of, of an amazing family, of an amazing woman and an amazing man coming together and then being there for each other, that creates a, a pair bond of individuals that can't be fucking conquered, that can't be taken over, that can't be fucking ruined and destroyed by these motherfuckers out there who clearly are out there to make a fucking buck no matter what the consequences are of that fucking buck. This this is actually a really uh, great tie into Javier Malay's speech. Uh, this is not one of the parts that went viral, but I thought it was actually the most important. He said that that he he made the same analysis that James Lindsay has made in that they have replaced Marxist class theory with uh, you know racial justice and sexual justice and all this like this progressivist push. But but the first thing he talks about is how they have driven they have drawn and driven a, a battle line between men and women. And, and he said that, that Argentina specifically, like what the West is dealing with now, he said that Argentina has been kind of the, the breeding ground of that ideology for the past 60 years, and that's why they're, they're so far down the, the printing and socialist you know, destruction of the economy phase. Um, but I thought you know, his, his uh, prescription to, to remedy it much of the foundation of the American ideal, which is individuality and kind of the Bill of Rights and, mm -hmm. and sound money. So I think that, uh, that the answers are there. It's just like, are people willing to actually look at the problems? No, absolutely. There's many layers to this uh, specific problem. Uh, before getting into some of your uh, kind of uh, journalism here um, and, and your kind of tactics here, because I think it would be interesting to talk about because it's very similar to like James O'Keefe and what, what he does. Yeah. I don't know if you want to expand on that in a little bit, but let's go over some of these mysuperchats.com. We got another one here from Quack Session saying, Clint, whatever happened to having Doug uh, Dave Smith on LL? Uh, Dave Smith was supposed to be on the thebestpoliticalshow.com and then his wife told him not to come and he canceled that minute uh we got another uh oh well, let me just say dave dave and i talked uh last week and he'll he'll be on liberty lockdown uh this week or, or next 
but he will also do the best political show as soon as he has a show in South Florida anywhere. I'll, I'll believe it when I see it. It's going to another. We got another uh, rumble rant from Harry Toe, too, saying, I have an annual mandatory DEI training next week. I'm going to try to go to HR, but I want a clever way to push back. Any ideas? I think you should do what, what Arden did. I, I think you get a, you get a hidden camera. Um, and you film all of it, and you play them, you get all the information, and uh, maybe, uh, you know, you don't have to do it right away, but maybe 12 months down the line, maybe a year half, a year and a half down the line, so they can't tie it back to you, you kind of whistleblow and you kind of show what kind of larger nonsense they have that they're pushing on individuals, as, of course, a lot of this stuff is absolutely ridiculous. The leaks that come out from these major corporations highlight just mass debauchery and insanity where you're born in wrong skin color, you bad person. That, again, is absolutely backwards. It's absolutely racist. And it's absolutely illegal to have them do what they're doing right now in corporate America, where uh, out of all the jobs they created, only 6% of them went to uh, white people, uh, according to the latest Bloomberg reports that were released about this, which highlights very troubling times ahead for race relations and and financial standards. Keeping in mind that over half the population is still white. So if you only have 6% that are being hired for all of these jobs over the past 12 months, that is unbelievable prejudice that we're talking about. I mean, that is that is right up there with Jim Crow, but obviously inverted. Uh, it's evil. It was evil then. It's evil now. I don't know why the fuck people have such a hard time just saying that. It is sick. It is totally counter to like the Martin Luther King content of your character uh, type of worldview, and it's totally regressive, and these people are fucking sick. I honestly believe that. Yeah, yeah. anytime you judge someone because of the way that they're, they were born, you're an asshole um so um anyway what would you say uh, arden to harry toe what do you think of my idea for for getting a hidden camera and recording this dei training that he's going to be going after because that's something that that you did i'm in favor of it i think it's a great thing to do i'm not a lawyer i cannot give legal advice but i would you know check your boxes the you know check on what you have to check on in that regard but yeah omg uh o'keefe's new media group they they, I know that they've been sending out hidden cameras to people that are interested in whistleblowing. So uh, I would, I would say that's a, a place to look if you actually want to take that. There's a huge risk now. Let's let's give you more practical answers if you're not interested in becoming uh, an informant for us. Yeah. Um, I think that you know we're I, not looking for any informants. Yes. I, I, we don't have we don't have budgets to run this operation. We yeah. definitely don't have budgets for lawyers. We can't do that. We can't do yeah. that. Send it to O'Keefe. He's got yeah. the fucking lawyers. We're yeah, not yeah, doing yeah, that yeah. shit. James O'Keefe at protonmail.com. I think is his email. <laughs> we don't want that heat. Here, yeah, okay. Exactly. I've told I told that to my viewers a long time ago because like uh, I'll just I'll I'll save my crazy stories, but there's a lot of crazy shit that happened well, behind the scenes. So so this is the advice because I've, I've I've had my audience over on Liberty Lockdown ask me this as well, and you know my I'm of the I'm of the opinion I'm of the belief that you do not want to dedicate your life working for a corporation that is going to force feed you and and basically. Uh, buck break you into hating yourself for for immutable characteristics. I think it's absolutely uh, spirit wrenching. Like it'll destroy you as a human being. So fuck them. Like like if I'm going in there and they want to tell me like, would you like to apologize for how you were born? I'm gonna say no. And then I'm going to say, why should I? And I'm going to actually inquire as to like how they got so fucking insane. Like, why, why is your brain going this direction? Why do you feel comfortable talking to me like that? Like, that's honestly how I would take it. And if that doesn't get me the job, great. I don't want to work for a corporation that's force-feeding me shit like that. And I think that if, if everybody that actually felt the way that I do, because I know it's not that unpopular. I know a lot of people actually hate what's happening to our culture. If 
everybody actually just started to fucking speak their minds, this shit would end. The whole reason it persists is because everyone's so fucking cowardly. So that's my advice. Fuck them. Absolutely, 100%. <laughs> um, and, and Arden, I don't, I don't know if you want to get, get into it, but what made you uh, get off your butt, get active, get engaged, and do this kind of uh, report here? Um, I think realizing I kind of had a unique work background um, and realizing I could use my experience to actually do something productive and good and something that I don't think people have really seen before as far as the adult industry goes. Um, I grew up working in Hollywood as an actress, uh, trained as an actor out there, and I also did some part-time work for my dad, who is a lawyer and private investigator, and so he would send me out into the field um, undercover to ask people questions, go into businesses, things like that. So I kind of got a taste for that. I thought it was kind of cool. And when this opportunity came along for me to investigate Pornhub, I was like, you know what? We have to do it. We can't turn it down because... Um, can, I, can I ask how the opportunity even presented itself? If it's yeah. classified, you don't have to. Yeah, 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 of course. I did undercover journalism for a few years before, but I've never done a public investigation like this. Mm-hmm. And so I really, I wanted to go off on my own. I mean, I have a partner. He's the founder of Sound Investigations. It's, it's just an independent two-person team, completely self-funded. Um, and we're like, well, let's do it now because I don't think there's going to be a better time to do this. Uh, Pornhub went under fire a few years ago for having underage abuse videos right. and, and monetizing them on their platform and they claimed to change their ways and we weren't so sure about that. We, we had a suspicion that, you know, it was kind of the same old stuff. So we just decided to do it. We're like, let's just go. Let's spend a few months in the field and see what happens. Well, yeah, Twitter also as well had a very horrible story before Elon Musk took over yeah. that Elon Musk exposed of specific uh, underage children that had videos of them that were uh, explicit and uh, horrible released on social media. Mm-hmm. And then Twitter was notified, hey, this is a child um, having sex here. Uh, please take down this uh, you know, video. And they refused to do it. Yeah. Which is fucking which Yeah, I believe the response was we have reviewed the material yep. and we have decided that it is not a violation of our standards. So that family of the underage boys, um, they had to contact a personal friend who happened to work for DHS. It was not even in his job description to reach out about these kinds of things, but he did it as a favor. And Twitter got scared since he worked for DHS and they finally took it down. But they're they're currently involved in, in litigation. Over yeah, that. And there was a number there, there, there's a number of these particular stories yeah. specifically highlighting this, uh, which which should infuriate a, a lot of people. Hollywood is also filled with a lot of very sketchy, weird individuals. I don't know if you want to get into that, but we can yeah. get into that in, in just a little bit, especially you pro- you probably have some experiences that you could probably share since yeah. almost everyone I know in Hollywood, they're like, oh yeah, that guy's a, a you know predator. That guy's a pedo. That guy is into feet. That guy's into this and this. And then they right. try to pressure you and try 
to like bang anything that fucking moves. It, it, Hollywood literally is a den of vipers and Satan worshippers doing some really awful fucked up shit. But let me get into some of um, the, the rumble rants here. And then we got a caller from uh, Scubert Dubert the third. We're going to get in. Uh, we're we're going to call you in just a little bit here. And then we'll get into uh, your particular stories here because I bet you probably got some uh, pretty crazy ones. We got mysuperchat.com from a quack session saying online dating now is impossible. People don't even meet up in person with the dating apps unless just wanting a hookup. Something has to change. Quack session. Um, I agree. It does have to change. Will it? Probably not with the central controllers in, in our society benefiting off of consumers who, of course, are choosing um, corporatism over actual religion, who are choosing superficial, short-term dopamine rushes over, of course, sacrificing, creating families and working for something hard and difficult that they will actually appreciate. This is why we have so much depression. This is why we had so much suicide. And it's the, the kind of mind virus that has taken over a lot of Americans. American's mind and uh, has led them astray to a life of fucking misery. Another uh, super uh, rumble rant from TRHL official saying there was a study done that showed straight men who had orgasmed to gay porn or MTF porn. I don't know what MTF is. uh, Began male to female, I think. Okay, began to have prolectivities to men. To my, uh, to my or socially engineered the brain, Luke, you are right. Um, oh, I think she yeah. means, in my opinion, they're socially engineering the brain. It Thank was you. worded a little bit differently. No, yeah. I know. I'm, I'm yeah. looking at it. I, I'm just translating. Uh, yeah. yeah. I, look, if you, <laughs> I would be honest though, if uh, if you're force fed some tranny porn and you orgasm to it and then you become gay, you that's, gay. that's on you, bro. <laughs> you're gay. <laughs> I was gonna say. I was gonna say. Speaking from experience, there, Clint, with the, with the hindsight and insight that uh, we can only get from. Uh, I've done it. I've done it thousands of times. I'm still not gay. Like everyone, relax. Uh, that's hilarious. A lot of people are going to be disappointed by that news. Skewzy Q Love gave another rumble rant saying, can you try to get on PPD's podcast or Whitney Webb on? Thanks. Uh, Whitney Webb is awesome. We only do in real life uh, podcasts, uh, but uh, we might make an exception for Whitney Webb since she's awesome and an incredible human being. I had the pleasure of being on stage with her at the Bitcoin conference. Hopefully she comes out to the next year's uh, Bitcoin conference that's going to be happening as well. But she she has some of the best research. She is solid and she really does incredible work. That is absolutely awesome. With uh, PPD, again, I, I don't want to invite myself on. If they want to have me on, they will. Uh, but we're going to have some of their members on our show very soon. Ada19 says, thank you, Luke. Well, thank you, Ada19. We have another uh, rumble rant from Skewzy Q Love saying, thank you for always being our motivational coach to avoid fluoride, seed oils, and to be the best, healthiest version of ourselves. This is what the government doesn't want. Life's too short to be unhappy. Absolutely. And uh, being happy is a modern day act of resistance. So we thank you so much, Skewzy Q, for that. And uh, I think we need to hear more of these positive messages. We need to hear more messages of people having successful relationships, of people having children, of people starting businesses, of people resisting by not complying in the larger overall psyop that is modern day society and fucking made to be against you and your life. Again, there's things that zap life uh, out of your existence and there's things that give you life. The good things that give you life you have to find yourself outside of the matrix because if you rely on the matrix, you're going to be fooled. You're going to be a battery. You're going to be a cog in their machine. 
Fuck that bullshit. Resist by being independent, by being personally responsible. It's, uh, it's uh, amazing that like just getting married and having children is now the counterculture. Like, yes. yeah. like that, that just really demonstrates how far down the rabbit hole we are that that, that is an act of rebellion. It's just like what everyone has always done for all of human history. <laughs> Procreate. Yeah. Um, we're going to Scubert Dubert the third. Uh, as we do that, uh, we might Great have name. a few. Mi- you might have a few minutes. Clint, uh, finish off uh, and, and rant a little bit more on that. Comment. Okay. Well, I can't wait to talk to you, Scubert. Um, yeah, I, I would just. I actually, I wanted to to go back to you because. Uh, is there any experiences you had in Hollywood that were creepy? Yes, there is, and uh, yeah. I, I, I don't even know, but I, I, I know. Uh, but 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 that's uh, you know uh, a, we can get a, a as far as into it as but, you'd like. Oh, does it go deep? I would imagine we're ringing Scubert Dubert the third. Um, Scubert Dubert, if you're watching, make sure to turn off uh, the the Rumble podcast and to uh, take the phone call of us calling you right now. We might not be able to to, to get to him, but uh, pick up the fucking phone, Scoobert. Yeah, Scoobert, pick up the fucking phone. <laughs> I, I love the picture that he has. Uh, it's Mr. Bean. Yeah, it's Mr. Bean as the Mona Lisa. But uh, eh, let's give him a couple more chances. Anyway, yeah, I mean, we can just get into it, um, uh, Arden, as we. Um, Try to reach Scubert Dubert. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's get into some of your stories. Cool. What what what's happened? I don't know. I don't know where to begin. So yeah, I mean, there's a lot. We've released seven undercover videos so far, um, with about a total of a dozen Pornhub employees total being recorded. Did oh we no, get no. Scubert Sorry, I meant I meant in terms oh, of oh, your oh. your acting experience, the like, Hollywood yeah. stuff. Yeah, I mean. You know, Scoober Dubert, stop calling me. Uh, I have to call you. Stop it. He froze my computer. Son of a gun. Uh, oh, hold on. I can't even see the. I can't even see the Scoober. You're you're screwing up here, dude. Scoober, you are just fucking blowing it. Shame on, on you. Wait, do we have Scoober Duber? You're messing up, Scoober Duber. Yes, yeah, we got Scoober Duber. Uh, all right, everyone be quiet because we have some audio uh, difficulties. But Scoober Duberts, feel free to speak up and, and be loud here and ask your question. And one. Stephanie, move your microphone away from the laptop. Check one, two. Can you hear me? I check, can check. hear you loud hey. and clear. Oh, cool. Yeah, uh, formerly PP Poo Poo. Uh, I thought I'd switch it up. Great uh, username. Wow. Just, we love PP Poo Poo, and we love your contributions <laughs> to the chat. PP Poo Poo was uh, a great commentator. If that was thanks, Luke. Uh, I just want to say real quick before I ask my question, I really appreciate you not softballing stuff when you're in front of people. Um, you know, especially kind of with you and Tim disagreeing. I think Tim does great work. So I don't want to like start any beef or anything, but I appreciate you pushing back on stuff and not softballing things. You know. You too, Clint. I, I do my best. Clint's more of a softie. I fought Tim Pool on the 2020 COVID era like four different times I've been on. I just didn't feel like doing it again, but I, I was glad. I mean, obviously, you guys know how I feel about it. Trump fucking blew it in 2020, so I, I'm I'm on Luke. I'm on Team Luke right now. Well, it's not about even being on a team. Uh, I appreciate Tim and, and all the amazing things that he does. We disagree on on some things, and then we hash it out. We have conversations about it. We literally have conversations where me and him. It's like it's like six o'clock in the morning. We're driving to some weird place to have some some you know to to, to check something out, and then like we just get started on something, and then we're literally foaming at the mouth, screaming at each other, be like, "Fuck you! You're fucking wrong! Fuck you, asshole!" No fuck you and i'm like 
And, and that's a friendship that I cherish because, uh, you know, real friends talk to each other in a real way and they don't bullshit each other. A lot of people bullshit each other in this world. A lot of people are fake to each other in this world. And I appreciate that I have someone who's my friend for 10 years now that will tell me exactly like it is and I'll tell him exactly like it is. We could disagree. That's cool. We'll still be friends because we could still discuss it. We could still scream at each other. We could still be angry at each other in that short moment. But afterwards, it's like, okay, yeah, whatever. You feel this. I feel this way. That's cool. That's fine. I don't so think I, ever, I appreciate that. I don't a think lot. I've ever met anyone that bullshits less than Luke Radowski. <laughs> I got no time for bullshit. I'm very short. This, this, I'm mother, very short. this motherfucker does not. He does not do pleasantries whatsoever. So uh, yeah, it's honestly like it was funny because a lot of people are looking at that that clip and going like, oh man, like Tim and Luke fought. But like as soon as we got off the show, like no, we didn't even have to talk about it. Like it was no big deal. So. Um, you know, it's just a dis- different difference of opinion. Yeah, we have we have many I, different arguments and many different discussions. I love that, and I appreciate that, and I hope to have that in my friendships and not any kind of bullshit. And Clint knows the, those pleasantries that are fucking bullshit. They're fucking they're a waste of fucking time. I'm not here to fucking I'm fuck that. Let's be fucking real. We got shit to do. Let's go. We got fucking satanic pedophile globalists that are trying to make you trans and fucking gay, fucking trying to eugenicize you to make you a fucking consumer to live in a fucking pod and eat bugs all fucking day while you have no privacy or fucking freedom. Fuck that life. We have to fight like it's fucking uh, our entire existence is on the line. Like our entire DNA and lineage is about to be wiped out because it is. Unless we fucking fight. Uh, And we have to fight non-violently and we have to fight peacefully and we have to fight with our minds and with our words. It's an information war. It's a fucking battle. We're fucking losing. Let's go. Alex Jones rant! Fuck your pleasantries. That was great. Sorry. (laughs) Sorry. That's a great segue um, to my question. Scoobert Dubert. I kind of went off on a tangent there. Uh, But but yeah, I love it. Feel free to ask us your question. So that's a great segue to my question. And I think people talk a lot about 1984 and not enough about Brave New World, Huxley's uh, novel. Um, And I think you both brought this up a couple of the things that I want to discuss here. But in in the book, there's like, uh, artificial like stunting of the babies in embryo essentially and they put them in caste systems from birth so it's predetermined and I just see a lot of parallels today with phthalates, microplastics, the endocrine disrupting materials in our natural environment um, and then you see the SSRIs which you could compare to uh, Soma which is the drug that everyone's all hopped up on all the time um, and then you could also talk about the destruction of the family unit and uh, state collectivism um, and the death of religion or spirituality, like all these themes are present within Brave New World and, and Huxley's um, story. So uh, I just wanted to ask you, do you think do you think these guys are like prophets? I mean, a lot of people say, you know, obviously Orwell is like a prophet, all this stuff coming true, but I, I just don't think people talk enough about Huxley, and I think we're especially seeing a lot of the Huxley stuff coming to fruition uh, recently. Very good uh, point of view. I, I, I think we're seeing a kind of combination of all of those things all at once. But the system kind of thrives off of being very opportune and off of utilizing different techniques at different moments. So I, I think the system is far more flexible than we give it credit to. They're not just linear. They're not just going to do just wars all the time. There's many levels to this. And there's always a kind of larger energy that I think they're summoning that wants them to take over the entire world and wants them to 
get rid of the human population. A lot of people believe that this is the kind of DMT cosmonauts that go out there and talk to the entities and the entities are telling them to kill all of humanity and that's why they have to do it. This is the kind of larger theory that Tucker Carlson has with the government making secret deals with these interdimensional beings as well. Whether that's true or not, whether you choose to believe it or not, there definitely are a lot of things that are not good for the human spirit, not good for human progress, not good for humanity at all that are being mainlined and streamlined right now that absolutely do deserve to be addressed. We're, we're living in a very challenging time where if you know what's going on and if you're aware and if you have the ability to see the truth, you won't be a victim to this larger nonsense and fuckery out there. That right there provides us a very unique kind of experience and challenge on this world that many people are seeing is leaving us to have beautiful moments. And this is why the, the larger kind of theory of, of, of light and darkness, of up and down, and this larger kind of yin and yang kind of energy that we need the dark in order to add the light is also being kind of talked about here. But for me, a lot of this is very spiritual. A lot of this is very energetic. And a lot of this is up to you as an individual to decide and to determine your life as you want to live it. Um, Huxley and, and Orwell, they knew each other. They, they hung out with each other. The, the information that they were able to give us as far as fictional books and entertainment, I, I, I think is a tale warning us if we uh, are blinded and don't see the truth. I think those books are extremely powerful. I think they're, they're truth bombs that definitely do deserve to be shared and talked about more. But that's just my perspective. I'm talking about too much. Uh, feel free to, to yeah. go off of your perspective. Well, my, my understanding is that George Orwell was actually uh, a socialist and that he, I don't know if he went to Russia or the USSR, um, but this is, this is my recollection. I read about this years ago, so I, I could be wrong a little bit. But um, my understanding is that basically he saw it firsthand and, and then he just extrapolated forward from basically the, the worst aspects of the, the gulags in the USSR. Um, so I don't think that they're prophets as much as this is a, a natural cyclical arc of humanity. There's this like this individualist push and, and kind of an enlightenment period. And then there's this Marxist collectivist push that is the, the they're like yin and yang to one another. Um, and unfortunately, I think one of them is very, very wrong. Uh, but I, I don't think that you have to be a prophet to see what's coming as much as you have to just look at the trends and see where things are headed. Uh, so that'd be my analysis. Almost seems like 1984 is like a precursor to Brave New World. Yeah. Because in Brave New World, we see all the advanced technology, right. the hypersexualization of children, um, going to the movies, and, and people are just watching like pornography together. Um, and it definitely feels like it could be uh, the next yeah, iteration. Yeah. yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. I remember reading them like back to back. Mm hmm. And thinking, wow, they they flow fairly yeah. well. It's like this is this is uh, 1984. Well, this is 2050. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Well, both authors, both authors wrote about the dystopian societies and extrapolating on that. I mean, Orwell's vision was focused more on the oppressive government control and surveillance, and then Huxley's vision is centered on the control through pleasure, consumerism, mm -hmm. and the suppression of individuality. So I feel like I kind of do lean more towards. Um, I feel like we're suffering both. Exactly, but I do lean more towards the the entertainment kind of rotting us away. Uh, mm -hmm. More of that Huxley's version, where it's kind of I think that that's actually really happening right now. I do too. Yeah, I don't. I think both of them are very accurate. That's but it's almost to me that that one is the precursor mm -hmm. to the Orwellian, hmm. like China takeover kind of thing. Oh, it could be. Yeah, if we really fuck up. Yeah, <laughs> let's hope not. 
So Scoob- don't get too entertained out there. <laughs> well, Scoobert Dubert the third. I, I hope we uh, answered your question. Uh, thank you so much for being a member. Anything else you want to say before uh, you leave the show? No, just keep up the great work. I'm, I'm rooting for you guys and the whole team, and I, lo- I love your work, Luke. And I just love that you don't you don't softball questions to people. You have principles, so shout out. Well, thank you, Scoobert Dubert. I appreciate that, and I appreciate your memberships, and I appreciate uh, people signing up and, and sustaining this independent media organization, as, of course, if it wasn't for you, we wouldn't be here. So it definitely means a lot, and you guys give us the ammunition to fight this larger information war, as, of course, it's getting intense. There's a lot of really bad people out there that are finally being exposed. A lot of those people are in Hollywood. Um, Arden, we, we had a question that Clint asked you. I asked you. Let's just yeah, get right yeah. into it. Let's talk about how seedy and nasty Hollywood is. Yeah, had a lot of really, really inappropriate experiences. I started taking acting classes when I was 12. Um, and in my first real acting class, I had turned 13. And uh, the acting teacher who was, you know, a 30-something-year-old man, had me and another 13-year-old girl make out with each other a bunch of times in front of all the other kids and him. And, of course, there was no parents allowed. Um, so we, you know, and us being that age, it was like, it's we hadn't been there with boys before, you know what I mean? So um, it was weird. And we we're also told, you know, and, and this is the culture of Hollywood, what actors are told. If you're uncomfortable with doing this, then you don't have what it takes to be successful. If you're not comfortable doing this sexual thing or saying this or um, carrying out this really dark act for a scene, then you're not a serious actor. Yeah. You can go off and do um, Hallmark if you want. That's cute, but you're never going to be a serious actor you're unless willing you're comp- willing to take your clothes yeah. off. If you're not yeah. willing to compromise your most deeply held values, you'll never make it in Hollywood. It's like, well, I don't want to make it here. Wow. That's crazy. Did Just out of curiosity, did they try and frame it in the way like this is... This is a role. It's for it was for a scene. It was actually from a movie called Thirteen. I don't know if you're familiar. Oh yeah, yeah. That, that um, was like kind of controversial that too. That was like yeah. before no, cuties or it whatever. It was like kind of is a that really, with Jim Carrey? No, no, no. no it's no. Evan Rachel Wood and Nikki Reed. It was a really dark, like yeah, weird coming movie. of age where these two thirteen-year-old yeah. girls do a bunch of messed up stuff, and they're they're like super messed up on drugs one day, and they just start like making out. And that was the scene that we were supposed to do in class, me and this other girl. Um, And so over the span of weeks, uh, we would do the scene just over and over and over again. There were other adults brought into the room to come watch us, not parents, but adults who worked at the studio. Have you ever ever looked back at that that acting coach or whatever his title was to see if he's had any, like, issues legally? I've looked and I, I believe he's had like a DUI or something. Okay, so nothing. I, not I that I know of. Not that I that. know of. Um, and then later, that same guy, I had left the class at this point. The studio had closed down. Um, I don't know why, but a couple years later, I was like 15 or 16. He he messaged me on Facebook and, and basically just asked me to have sex with him in really graphic terms. He wanted me to come to his apartment and get in the hot tub and he was like really graphic about it and the thing that was the most disturbing is like I said no because I wasn't interested but I thought it was funny at the time like Hollywood had kind of programmed me to think that this like washed up 
acting coach guy asking some 15 year old girl for sex was like lame instead of super messed up. Right. And so the fact that I was like laughing about it, you know, I imagine I probably showed my friend and was like, oh, how lame. That might even be criminal, honestly. Like no, just, it, it probably is. It's certainly immoral. Yeah. I just don't know if yeah. it's criminal, but it's fucking I crazy. Mean, yeah, and you're soliciting it, a minor for, yeah, for right. sex. Yeah, uh, so that should that's be. A, yeah, it's illegal. Yeah, like, yeah it absolutely. was pretty graphic, too. Um, so... Well, this is why I was wondering if if you if he ever had you know charges brought against him because it's like once once you see that these predators are in that position of power, especially over young people, it's like they're going to they're going to do yeah, it again. Yeah, and it's crazy because it's like when most actors in Hollywood they're not famous in any way, shape, or form, right. and the everyday people they have to deal with in order to even begin their acting journey the photographers, the agents and the managers and the acting coaches. I found that those are the people preying on young people the most. It's like the lower level. It's the low level gatekeepers. Exactly. Yeah. 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 It's like um, you want to be famous, you want a shot. I can make that happen for you. You just need to do A B C D. Yep. You yeah. Got to get naked right now. Even like best case scenario if if a coach or like say an acting coach, even if they're not a predator, they don't care about your child's innocence. They they don't care. All they care about, if they're a good acting coach, is that your child becomes a better actor. And for me, when I was growing up, that meant, okay, well, I'm going to give you the scene that's really mature. You know, it's nothing you've experienced in real life because you're 15 or whatever. Um, and right now, you're not able to do this convincingly. So you need to go out in the real world and kind of simulate this dynamic with someone and then come back and try it again. Well, that that wow. would really fuck a kid up to do. And that. that is probably the most damaging thing I went through, sorry, in Hollywood is not someone not someone like trying to have sex with me or trying to violate me physically. Right. It was someone saying, you know, you're just a kid. You need to go do adult. Go things. figure this out yeah. and come back and try this again. That's wild. No, that's fucked. Uh, that's horrible. And you know, we hear stories of this all the time, especially when it comes to like Harvey Weinstein. That was finally the kind of uh, the break in this larger kind of conversation that that needed to to, to fucking happen. Um, Weinstein was also friends with Epstein. The two went to parties together. And uh, obviously, were uh, just major freaking creepos. Was, that uh, wasn't it. Gavin Newsom's wife that also uh, was involved with Weinstein. You got to double check that. But there was there was a lot of celebrities, including Oprah, of course, who's seen hanging out with uh, you know overbearing Weinstein, who uh, you know had many causes that he was for publicly. But behind the scenes, there was even crazy stories of like Brad Pitt protecting female actresses against Harvey Weinstein and his kind of larger, uh, you know, perversion and his larger kind of aggressions that he made against individuals, pretty much saying, yeah, you're going to fuck me if you want to make it in this industry. Um, And and, and clearly abusing his position uh, of power. Clearly uh, someone who, um, who's that uh, family guy writer? What's his name? Seth Seth MacFarlane. Seth MacFarlane was even bringing up the fact that he was a pervy, like weird, crazy dude during uh, award ceremonies and everyone was like, ah, oh, this is so funny. Yeah. But like, he was speaking like a, the fucking truth. Yeah, it was yeah. it was an open secret, essentially. Um, I think what, what bothers me, maybe not most, because obviously these allegations are very serious, but what bothers me on top of everything else is that these Hollywood folks then have the audacity to 
talk about, you know, flyover country and, and, you know, how Christians are so backwards and barbaric and like, <laughs> like they just, they speak down on so much of like what I find yeah. to be the best. These values are satanic devil worshiping fucking pervert motherfuckers. Yeah, this like, is my point. Yeah, yeah. I'm just saying it's like, it's unbelievable uh, hypocrisy and just sickness to, to then lecture people about how racist and backwards and, you know, homophobic they are. And it's like, why are you fucking kids, bro? Like you're going to lecture us. How about you go to jail instead? It's just, it's bizarre to me that they, they would even think about talking about moralities to the rest of the country. Yeah, it's it's it's, it's fucking crazy. Every time they do PSAs, every time they they get their script of the next thing to read, every time they tell you to do another thing, make sure. I mean, the most the most craziest, most cringiest, most uh, just angering thing that that I personally saw recently was was during uh, the the COVID nineteen vaccine push where they made their kind of PSA. Oh my god! Or, yeah. or, or their BLM BS, uh, PSAs. Yep. Talking about uh, white privilege and all this other no, fucking nonsense. Is, you, Ukraine. I mean, like, yeah. it just, the list goes on and on. Whatever the latest thing is, Hollywood's pushing it every <laughs> single time. And yeah. I, I just think when you actually look at the, like, the fiber of who, the, who these people are, uh, you definitely don't want to be getting your morality from these folks. Right. Yeah. Uh, and I realized that um, if, if I was going to stay an actor, if I was really going to pursue it throughout my adult life, I would never be able to be myself ever. Right. It was just never going to happen. And it sounded miserable to me. So I was like, you know. Did, and, and correct me if I'm wrong. I, I do believe in the kind of uh, biggest uh, kind of uh, elements of, of Hollywood. You have to get where you are by doing a lot of really awful things and have a lot of compromise on you and be more of an asset that's controlled. And if you are controlled and if there are compromise and if there are some really horrible, horrendous videos of you doing some really awful stuff, then you get all the acting roles. Then you get the positions of power. I mean, it, I never got to that level, um, but there is already compromise at a lower level. If, if you set boundaries and say, I'm not willing to do projects that involve this this and this there's really no agent that's going to want to represent you yeah. um so if doors are already closing at the lower level because you have any standards at all well then at the highest level almost certainly it's going to be yeah wild. And as a young person you know as a teen i got away with saying i don't want to do sexual content and they're like okay that's fine but once i started trying to draw the line and say hey, I don't want to do any witchcraft or supernatural content. I'm just not comfortable with it. I was literally getting auditions for like demon conjuring roles and things like mm -hmm. that. Um, that's when they're like, you know, um, I don't think this is the best fit. And mm -hmm. my agent dropped me. That people need to realize that the entertainment industry is a whole world. Like, mm -hmm. I know this personally because I was highly involved in the modeling world in Miami. So I know what it is to, like, go and do those acting castings and things like this. It's like you are an actress or if you're a model, you're just like a hanger. Like there are rules that you need to abide to and they want people that will listen to those rules and be what they need, not what you want, not your personal beliefs. Yeah. None of those things matter. Because if you ask questions, if you say anything, if you stand up for yourself, then you're high maintenance and you're just not worth it. And you're not going to move up into the yeah. higher echelons where we can have full control and influence upon the populace right. and using your branding well, that we're going to help you receive right. by working with us and listening to everything we well, need you to do. I, I got to be honest, what she just brought up that like... They said, no, you said no sexual rules. And they're like, okay, we understand. But then you're like, hey, I don't want to be involved with demon conjuring. And they're like, this isn't going to work. I'm like, holy yeah, fucking no, shit, I mean, dude. I remember going on an audition for like a witch role. 
um, for Sabrina the Teenage Witch, that Netflix mm-hmm. show. And I remember after the audition, I was like, that didn't feel good. Mm. And so after that, I started drawing the line and saying, hey, I'm not going to go out for Lucifer. I'm not going to go out for these supernatural roles where I'm like seducing people through witchcraft and things like that. I'm not comfortable with it. Mm -hmm. Good for you. Thanks. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But, you know, it didn't really work out for me. That's okay. I'm happy. I'd argue against that. It kept your your soul intact. That's way more valuable than a Hollywood acting. Absolutely. You would have been, you know, more more popular, but you would have had no soul. Yes. (laughs) Where's the compromise that you want to make here? And and I think uh, people who, of course, push away from that life and and choose a life that is more kind of wholesome or more appreciative than uh, uh, essentially doing the demon's work. And if you look Mm -hmm. at Hollywood, there's a lot of demons there's a lot of spirit worship there's a lot of occult there's a lot of uh, really shady weird stuff Susie Q Love gave a rumble rant that I think um, is, is a good comment to make here she says murderers rapers addicts these type of people keep doing their activity and usually get much worse until busted awareness and being brave is the first start to change thank you for sharing that was from Susie Q who also says Oprah is uh, Oprah's in the Sound of Freedom, where it hints towards child trafficking through her schools. She is great friends with many predators who have been busted. That's a rumble rant from Skewzy Q. Love here. Um, uh, Oprah again. She also is a part of the secret meetings where she's literally meeting down, uh, meeting with Bloomberg, the Rockefellers, Bill Gates, talking about how to depopulate the world. That's literally what happened, and the corporate media decided to call this the secret meeting of the superheroes of the world, where they are literally discussing population reduction. These people are sick, these people are twisted, and trust me, uh, the rabbit hole gets far more complex and far more weirder the more we go down it. I hope you guys uh, appreciate the conversations that we're having here because these are absolutely conversations that we can't have anywhere else. So if you appreciate the conversation, subscribe to Rumble. Clint has has said that he's going to be going to a, a doctor's checkup and visit to make sure that he is okay <laughs> to be tasered. Uh, I, I appreciate Clint volunteering. Uh-oh. He will be getting tasered once we get 100,000 uh, subscribers. We're very close to that. To, to once you it- subscribe, and then, and then Clint, just to make sure he doesn't get a heart attack, will be going to the doctor <laughs> and getting a checkup voluntarily and making sure that he could be tasered. <laughs> to make, to make this taser. very fucking crystal clear. I have never volunteered for any of this. <laughs> never once in my life. That doctor part I just made up here right now. I literally yeah. was like... On the fly. He's just yeah. making shit up. It's uh, fucking great. Yeah, but uh, hey, 100K. He promised. <laughs> so, he promised. It just continues to lie. It's in the contract. So, there, there's a verbal contract here. It's real. It's legitimate. Atlas is is here. She's Atlas, my, she's, she's trying to protect me. She's my witness. And she's seen it all. She's like, what the fuck are you doing over here? What the fuck is that noise? I got to fucking check out new motherfuckers here she's uh she's an awesome awesome dog and uh we definitely do appreciate her as she is um our official co co-host uh here to this broadcast but arden uh thank you so much for for sharing uh your story thank you so much for for sharing your insights here thank you for doing the work that you do yeah very, uh, very insightful appreciate you. it uh, where uh, before we before we, I, I i like to ask guests this and i'm not that consistent on it but I, we should be a little bit more consistent is there anything you want to ask us Hmm, that's a good question. If you don't uh, have anything, that's fine too. But I just, I just find it, I, you know, I was like, it might be interesting if you have something to ask. Yeah, I mean, I kind of wanted to get into like, what's your take on 
<clears throat> social engineering through pornography. Um, do you think there's perhaps, because this is what I've heard, like, from different podcasters and people who really do the research, like, there could be really deep intelligence ties um, at these companies very high up. Yeah. What do you guys think? Absolutely. Uh, if something's free, you're the product. So when you're uh, you know, consuming online pornography, especially at a very young age, it rewires your brain. Uh, it, it, it messes people up where they need more kind of extremes and extremes the more they kind of watch and participate. It, it has been weaponized before. Many governments have used pornography to weaponize uh, against local populations. Mm -hmm. I think that's exactly what's happening right now. I think there definitely is probably intelligence agency ties. I think there's definitely a kind of weird fetishization and promotion of this in almost every form of media. Uh, and I think a lot of it is deliberate. I think a lot of it is meant to destroy families, destroy society from within it is fifth generational warfare being waged not by china but from our very own government that we finance and we pay tax dollars to they're trying to fuck shit up every commercial every tv show every movie always kind of puts in all these subliminal uh, messages always messes with the races as well uh there's so much fucked up shit everywhere um, that's my understanding of it. It's it's a larger divide and conquer agenda. Yeah, and I would also add, uh, it's not just the U.S. government. I think that this is actually uh, multi <laughs> multi pronged. But if you if you watch any of the World Economic Forum meetings, we're talking about the the most powerful people in the world, mm -hmm. and they will get around and they will openly talk about with no shame whatsoever that the planet is overpopulated. And they say yeah. they've been saying it for decades. These people are 100% sincere in their beliefs and they they I think believe strongly that if they can get us to stop reproducing, they won't have to kill us. So they view it as the humane answer. So they say, well, if we can force feed younger and younger people more and more perverted shit, it'll make it impossible for them to pair bond. Yeah. Well, it'll it'll make them disinterested in in ultimately uh, you know getting married and having children, and then the population increase will decline naturally with social engineering. I think that's what's happening. Really quick, really quick. I want to say also that to point attention to, there's also like soft porn. Like you see that in regular movies. Like mm -hmm. I remember when I was a kid by accident, somehow a rated R movie ended up like on my screen and I wasn't old enough to be watching a rated R movie. I remember seeing Angelina Jolie and probably like, I think it was Antonio Banderas in some sort of sex scene. And I was like kind of scarred. Like I'll never forget to this day. Do I remember the name of the movie? No, but it was like happened to have been on the TV and I wasn't supposed to be watching it. And there it was. And I was like, what's going on? why is this here that also affects people not only just like in hollywood with like that soft porn is how i'm calling it but also even like our instagrams and people that are like kind of like a little free and yeah. showing i think that that also plays a role where it's like this is normal and it's not and it helps build these expectations of what sexuality looks like which is false i think that that is how if we're talking about this generational warfare and how i think that break going deeper is seeing like how this affects our perceptions on connection on mm -hmm. unity on love exactly. on relationships on how we we are meant to interact with one another and what we expect from the opposite sex i think that these things are things we can all question and look within on our own day to day and how you treat those people around you and how you wish to be treated and well, is that a reflection that you want to be emanating or not right and think about what the the like economy has done to us in terms of you know, people being willing to kind of degrade themselves, get naked on the internet just mm -hmm. for likes, just for followers. I mean, eventually you might be able to monetize it or, or do an OnlyFans or something like that. And if that's the path you want to be on, that's your decision. Uh, but I think broadly it has been extremely degrading to, um, you know, 
bro- the broader civilization. Yeah, Black Pigeon Speaks recently made a video describing the pipeline that happens from TikTok to Instagram to OnlyFans that I thought was really interesting. Go check him out. He's a great dude. Uh, Arden, uh, thank you so much for uh, bearing with us foolish, <laughs> masculine, loud, obnoxious males. I love it. Thanks uh, so much for having me. Thank you so much for, for being on the show. Where can people find out more information about you? Yeah, they can go to soundinvestigations.com. We post everything there. We're very active on Twitter as well, Arden underscore Young underscore, and Sound Investigations. Um, We post all our investigations and updates on there. Awesome. Uh, At Liberty Lockpod on X, if you want to support my work, a good way to do that is subscribe there, or libertylockdown.locals.com. Clint Russell's the name, host of Liberty Lockdown. Got a new episode dropping tomorrow. Don't miss that. And I will be debating Owen Benjamin on whether or not I should trust Indians at 9.15 tonight on Tower Gang. I'm not shitting you. That's actually what we're going to talk uh, debate. He really, he has gone absolutely ballistic about Indians, calling them Pajits for the past fucking two weeks. He's out of his mind. It's going to be hilarious. That's, Check it out. That's actually tonight? Yeah, nine fifteen. I'm gonna I'm gonna tune in, into that <laughs> myself. But uh, that Owen Benjamin guy, he has anger issues. He is, he is a he, he, he needs to know how to let off some steam and to like meditate and like relax and like calm down. Like that guy has a lot. You, you of, know what's of, funny? Of he lives a lifestyle that is like totally up your alley. He lives on a farm. He's married, six kids. Like totally down to earth dude. But he is a absolute lunatic of a racist. So it's gonna be fun. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in. I am Steph. We are Change. You can find me on X at StephWRC or Instagram at StephWeAreChange. Clint's booking his doctor's appointment right now, and uh, we're going to have him be tasered very soon when you subscribe to rumble.com forward slash WeAreChange. I love you guys. Stay tuned for more here on the bestpoliticalshow.com. Thank you.